way, people. Morning, of August 2022. Welcome to a special edition of Counterspin as we take to pieces the recent attempt at a hit job, which failed miserably, I might add, by uh, Paula Penfold and Louise Cleave. You will see that prior to the putting up of their little documentary that must have cost a hell of a lot of money, uh, we're about to destroy it on our nickel and dime. Um, on Muckrack, Louise Cleave, producer at Stuff and all these other places, has started populating for the last three days the very thing about freedom movements and all you bad people out there who dare to question the narrative. Well, we're going to tell you why it's important you question the narrative and uh, in doing so, how you're going to save lives. Hannah. Yeah, of course, the uh, anticipation for this documentary uh, started last night for us when uh, we got alerted to this thing that was going to be released today. Um, it came out first thing this morning. People across social media have been posting about it all day. It's been the talk of... Um, talk of the day it's it's basically an emergency broadcast because guys this is the deep state bringing out all its big guns to silence anybody who has a differing op opinion so um as calvin said basically on on our shoestring budget we're pulling together some of the people that were uh, talked about in this documentary we've got um counterspin contributor damien dement we've got former aut law lecturer amy benjamin we've got save our children carlene Hediorder, um and we've got freedom advocate kyle chapman and um Lucas from Kiwi Voice. He wasn't mentioned, but uh, who knows? Maybe he'll be the he'll be in the next um, documentary they decide to pull out. So we just wanted to bring all these people on to give them a chance to reflect on this documentary. We also um, reached out to Voices for Freedom and Chantal Baker. Um, at this point, they declined the invitation. But you know, these things need to be talked about. Some people say, "Why don't you just ignore them?" I'll tell you why we don't ignore them because they're putting out all their ideas and their thoughts. We need to counter it with our ideas and thoughts and show the audience who gets to make up their own mind who's got the best ideas. Because at the end of the day, this is a battle of ideas and those people that can formulate their ideas the best and show that we're rational, we're reasonable, we've got facts and evidence to back up what we're saying is going to be the winner at the end of the day. And um, and this was an attempt, of course, to shape a narrative because we all know what's coming down the line. You've got the laws in Parliament that are all to deal with hate speech and online abuse and it's nothing but a curbing of free speech. So um, before we bring in the big guns of this documentary, why don't we bring on Lucas for his uh, initial reflection. Um, he's going to watch it a few more times as well and do his own breakdown with his audience at Kiwi Voice. But um, Lucas, let's just bring you on and get your comments about how they, you know, the style they use, uh, the, the tone they set. What, what did you think about it? Welcome to the show. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, you can hear me clearly and everything's all good in terms of connection there. All good. Excellent. All righty. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on. Appreciate what you uh, guys do. Freedom of speech is a big thing with Kiwi Voice, so absolutely love what you guys are up to and having your voice and opinion out there. Look, the, from a video maker's perspective, like I'm not a, I wouldn't say that I'm like an expert video maker, but I pride myself on the videos that I do make. I do everything myself on Kiwi Voice, multiple different camera angles and editing, etc. Excuse the noises from my dog down there. Uh, and yeah, just that was the thing that struck me straight off was the uh, the lighting, 
the uh, angles, the music, the uh, positioning of Damien up on the side. As I mentioned Damien before we went on there, up on the side of a skyscraper, uh, you know, as the dark music went through and the, and the vibrations and the distortion of the image, uh, craziness. Like, uh, Bevan from the Independent Media Association, who's been quite supportive of our Kiwi Voice, he touched base with me and, and he said, look, it's a rapid departure from standard journalistic norms in so much as that 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 structure that I'm talking about and that image that they're trying to portray with the, with the darkness and the and the music and the mood, etc. This wasn't a journalistic piece at all. Um, with you guys, it was a hit piece. Uh, there's no two ways about that. It's straightforward to see that for anyone that's got their eyes open. Uh, craziness. The other thing that sort of backs that up from where I was sitting. Uh, is that I read a couple of the uh, the text pieces that went with it. I'm sure you guys did as well when you went through and not only did they have the hour and three minute long documentary, but they also had the, the text pieces that went with it. And uh, there was no questioning of the, of the government policy that led to this, for one thing. But the other thing for, for me mainly uh, is that none of you guys, like, I, I don't know. I don't know all of the details about all of you people that are speaking your mind and, and speaking to the people, but I defend to the death your right to say whatever the friggin' heck it is that you're saying, and they had no interest in talking to you whatsoever. Like, and that's kind of blown me away as someone that's wanted to be a proper, proper journalist since I was about sixteen. That's one of the first things that you learn, right? Um, is that you should always get comment at least comment from these people and uh nothing nothing at all and they backed that up by saying hey look uh you know we wanted to uh or sorry we deliberately ignored journalistic norms it's written on there on stuff being done said we deliberately ignored journalistic norms by not seeking comment from these people because they've already got their own platforms and they can say what they like and they amplify their voice enough so it kind of blew me away that that was the case um, that along with the the, the style of, of the way that they've presented things, this is nuts. <laughs> nuts. That's where I sit with it. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate uh, your analysis of that. And um, it was great coming on your show the other week. And this is what it's all about, isn't it? Like Kiwis just getting their voice out there. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with having an opinion. Exactly right. I mean, we can... You know, we can disagree. Uh, this this is the big thing that I'm trying to push with Kiwi Voice as well, is keep the conversation open. And, like, I don't really care if I've, you've got a totally different opinion to me or if you think things different to me or to anyone else. It doesn't really matter. The key point is that we're all sort of fighting uh, for, you know, standards, of, uh, a standard way of living, you know, a, a free way of living, a, a normal way of living, uh, which is obviously not the case at the moment and continues to get worse down that track. Uh, so we can put all that other shit to the side. Uh, you know, I don't care about the bigger picture in terms of, you know, what some people may or may not think. It just doesn't matter. We can unite pretty pretty simply and pretty easily on this stuff. Um, you know, I can see things that I would agree with all of you people from the small amount that I've seen, everyone that's on this call, and that's what we should focus on 100%. Awesome. Well, we'll let you get back to your kids. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate that. And everyone, everyone follow him yep. on Kiwi Voice. Facebook. Keep doing what you're doing, guys. We'll see you again real soon. Yeah. Eh? Legend. All right, Calvin, how do you want to 
tackle this elephant one bite at a time. Yeah, let's let's take it in the in the uh, way they portrayed it. Now, first, uh, apart from my stunningly looking self, uh, put up there, highlighted your lovely young um, self. That my my uh, twin <laughs> from America. Let's have a look at. Uh, let's bring Damien Dement into the into the picture. Damien, how you guys doing? What are your initial thoughts of um, how you were portrayed? Um, <clears throat> how I was portrayed was I think that amongst the peers of people that I was uh, referenced against, I would be considered maybe one of the more oddball ones, I guess. They used me at the very beginning and even took some quotes of mine from many years ago, uh, well before COVID or anything like that here in New Zealand. And I think that they did sort of try and create some sort of reason to just not trust us or discredit us. This was never about uh, this piece was never about looking at the facts of what it is that you and I and and the people on the other side of the argument are arguing about. They never want to look at the substance of what the argument is about. It's just purely, totally about going after us as individuals. And it was a big um, production. They definitely sunk some time into it, some money into it, um, and they. I felt like from the days leading up to this, in the past four or five days, I've seen uh, fire and fury being talked about uh, on lefty Twitter and lefty social media places, and there was a lot of high sort of hope that this was going to be the sort of thing that blows us all out of the water, and. I, I really don't think it delivered. I think that they've actually probably created more of a shitstorm for themselves because what they did was uh, look and create uh, create the story around all of us and that we are all disconnected, but yet we are all seem to be aligned on common purpose. It doesn't have to be about race. It's not about gender. It is about freedom. It's about ending the mandates. It's about getting the truth of what's going on in our corrupt society. And we they've sort of made it clear that we are all united on that. So they made VF, uh, Voices for Freedom look great. They made you guys look great. I'm sorry, but I think this was a big fuck up on their part. Okay, now we always get the same terminology, the same phraseology, the same tired old ad hominem attacks. The white supremacist, mm -hmm. uh, neo-Nazi, um, we're misinformation, we're disinformation. We have the whole plethora of attacks bag thrown at us. Mm. Are you a white supremacist? Damien Demain. Absolutely not. Uh, the idea that we have to apply race value to someone's standing in society is disgusting. It's and it's not intelligent. Uh, you know, we need to find um, we need to measure each other's successes and uh, our respect for one another based on the the actions of, of of what we take every day. Are they good actions? Are you kind to your family? Are you kind to, to children? Are you kind to animals? Or are you a dickhead? You know, and and at the end of the day, if I were to have a single sort of piece of advice that i would give anyone in this world who was waking up don't be a dickhead don't be an asshole and uh that's really what we're all about right like i i've met you known you guys all of you guys for years excluding you amy i haven't i haven't met amy benjamin very much but i've known all of you people in the freedom movements for a long time and we're good with each other we're good human beings we're just fighting a very bad and corrupt uh cabal at this time in our nation's history and you know we today uh 
should be a day for us to actually laugh because they threw a lot at this and it was a fizzer in my opinion. I don't think it's going to yield much uh, in terms of them being able to sculpt narrative out this. I could be wrong. So I'll leave it for you guys to ask, you know, some more questions. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right there, Damien. And hopefully uh, we're going to manage to bring up this first clip because at the very outset of this documentary, I mean, they started all dark and, you know, with the subway and underground and it's like this seedy, like, group of people and they set that tone. But she, uh, Paula Penfold actually says... Uh, she's basically conceding that the mainstream are losing their narrative because she says that that there's a tipping point and that we are well past that tipping point. So let's see if we can um, play that first clip we picked out. We've followed advice for how to report dangerous speech when it's justified to give a platform to extreme ideas. The test has it reached a tipping point where they're having an impact beyond their own communities. We are well past that tipping point because of the numbers of people they're reaching and because of what they say, which you will hear unfiltered. Yes, construct the gallows, get the nooses hung on the trees at Parliament. Let's do this. I'm not averse to a beheading liberty. I'm not scared of blood. I think that evil needs to have its blood spilt or burnt. Gotta love that sound of execution. It's gonna happen. Media in this country need fucking burning. They really seriously need burning. This is the language of people who say we're all victims and perpetrators of a deep state propaganda machine. But actually, could it be they are the true propagandists? Oh, we're back. Okay, well, that's working. So we're able to uh, get the um, clips going. So that's oh, good. Boy. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we were talking about. So they're gonna, you'll see as we go on, they're really trying to basically they've lost the narrative, they know it. Their whole their whole setup, the whole COVID-19 con has been exposed, and people with a rational brain in their head have actually started to say, wait a minute, we came from all over the country, we all went to Wellington, no one died. Even after the two-week quarantine period, no one died. We were still there. There were no hazmat suits of the officers walking around for this deadly pandemic there was no uh biohazard waste bins because apparently these face nappies capture out of the atmosphere all of that deadly virus it tucks itself lines itself up nicely on that face nappy and then you discard it and it's gone and you're safe as houses come on does anyone actually believe that and while we're at it and this is why we are winning and they are losing and i'll put it in very very short simple terms i keep going on about the same thing I want to see the unredacted Pfizer contract that the government has signed us up to that needs to be released to the public. And I tell you now, it will be very telling. I want absolute proof of the isolation and purification of the SARS-CoV-2 so-called virus that exists. I'm saying that it does not exist and it never did. COVID-19 is a brand name for the symptoms that you supposedly get from this virus, which are just happen to be the common cold symptoms. There is no lung um, respiratory virus it's never been proven people check it out yourself the pcr test was never a di diagnostic tool it was never fit for purpose they have not come at me on any of this yet they have not proven it even susie wiles couldn't come out and try and combat that they have nothing baker jackson henley wiles they are all science whores who have pimped themselves out for a dollar 
and they're selling us all down the river and they're making you scared that you run to the real pandemic, which is this jab in the context of what we're speaking about right now. Okay, and can I just say at this point, it's probably worth noting that, um, you know, if they were really journalists, where is Dr. Sam Bailey? Where is Dr. Mark Bailey? Where is NZDSOS? Where are, you know, the teachers speaking out with science, the lawyers speaking out with science? Like all these so-called experts, where were their voices? They were very, they were, they were completely absent. And I'll so- tell you why. I'll tell you why they're absent. Because these people are now industry pariahs because they dared to question the narrative that the World Economic Forum puppet Jacinda Ardern, who Klaus or Anal Swab has already said was installed. These people, Justin Trudeau, installed. He's said it out of his own mouth. Now, you want to say stuff with your short circuit, we'll call it. Um, you want to present us in our own words. And I told you right from the start, I don't back down. I double down on everything I say. Everything I've said, I will stand by and I will back because you have nothing. I've had people saying, why hasn't Calvin Alp been arrested? I'll tell you why Calvin Alp hasn't been arrested. Because unlike judicial reviews that continue to fail, because all the judge can do is look at if the government followed its own processes, as opposed to, is the jab killing people? Is it safe and effective? Is there even a virus? How did we get to where we are? How did suicides get up? How did excess mortality rates go up? How did businesses get destroyed? How does your family get ripped apart? That is covered in a criminal trial. So by all means, come and get me. Let's take it to court, an independent one, of course, with a jury. And then we'll lay all the facts out. And I guarantee we'll be the ones standing on the right side at the end of the day. Okay, so we're just going to backtrack a little bit because we we know that our systems are working now. So let's just play this little clip, this next clip, which um, talks about that, what we mentioned earlier, how many voices there actually are. And it was like basically hard for them to choose who to cut out, who to leave in. And it gives you how they kind of started introducing Damien. And then, um, yeah, we'll just kind of go through the characters that they introduce and then we'll bring on um, these heavy hitters that we've got waiting in the wings to come on and give us their opinion. So if we could roll that second clip, that'd be great. What we're about to show you is not an exhaustive list because that list would be too long. But we want to introduce you to some of the key drivers in New Zealand of false information and dangerous conspiracy. You'll see how they're linked together, what they want us all to believe and why. Pedophiles, satanic ritual abuse, adrenochrome, uh, trafficking on a scale you've never ever imagined cloning of humans for god's sake it's just enormous extreme right conspiracy theorist damien dement is a new zealand citizen and a super spreader of false claims racism and appeals for violence he was permanently banned from twitter um, at the beginning of 2021 for tweets that he he sent around the january 6th insurrection in the united states which promoted um, similar acts taking place here in new zealand and and lauded um, the rioting, death and destruction that took place at the Capitol. New Zealand politicians uh, will fear for their lives and rightfully so. Have a good one. Okay, Damien, uh, we'll bring you on again. Let's talk about Kate Hanna. She seems to have an eye for you. Mate, 
does she? What a bent. Um, I'll give it to Kate. She's really hung herself out there for a really long time. They're either going to pay her a lot of money if she gets out the other side of this, or she's just simply crazy. Um, my view on it is pretty simple. She's called herself a scientist um, in interviews in the past because she's of her association with Tepunaha Maratini, a government think tank that gets about $4 million a year, no questions asked, no oversight no transparency. Now, her herself in her own personal tweets has a self-confessed Marxist um, and that she is asking, why can't we kill capitalism in its dying throes? Now, um, I for me think that this person is not necessarily uh, can be relied upon to be an objective um, subject matter expert here. As a matter of fact, why is it that Kate Hanna somehow is always at the center of all of these discussions. It doesn't matter if it's COVID modeling, she's there. White extremism, she's got you. Seriously, she is on top of her game. Um, so I feel as though while she's front and center, she's going to get hit by the bus. Okay. And when I mean the bus, I mean it's called the the clap back of New Zealand, so tired of her lies, her bullshit, uh, her fanciful nonsense. That's what I think of Kate Hanna. Awesome. So we're going to bring um, former law lecturer at AUT, Amy Benjamin, on right now. Uh, great to have you back on, Amy. You are apparently our go-to legal mind, <laughs> and we are proud to have you as that. Um, so if you could just unmute yourself and tell us a bit of the backstory. Um, they they did actually show your interview on the Vinnie Eastwood show uh, where you were shortly after that, you know, you ended your um your your very illustrious career because you you've got a lot more, you're much more well educated than Kate Hanna aren't you? Well, you know, since they want to do an um, homonym attack, I guess I should mention my background to um, give people a little comfort because I put my credentials up against any academic here in New Zealand. I read history at, at Princeton as an undergraduate, then I went to after going to West Berlin on a Fulbright. Um, and becoming fluent in German um, in West Berlin. I came back, then I attended Yale Law School. Then I clerked for Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. And then uh, after a two-year stint at a Wall Street law firm, I worked um, as a trial court uh, lawyer for the Department of Justice in the Southern District of New York. Um, and then I decamped to have babies. So I would put that resume up against any resume here in New Zealand. So that's number one. Number two, um, you know, they um, they called me a 9-11 truther. Um, but what the what this ridiculous docudrama failed to mention is that my 9-11 uh, false flag theory was published in a peer reviewed journal that is put out by Edinburgh University Press. OK, so, you know, Kate Han is out there saying she's a 9-11 truther and Kate wants you to think that that's ridiculous. But I've got an elite editorial board on my side that approved and signed off on my academic work, as well as other articles I've written uh, on um, ISIS being a creation of Western intelligence services, et cetera, et cetera, um, which uh, appeared in a, a, a very well-reputed journal, uh, law school journal in the United States. So this woman is, is a toxic parasite on society as far as I'm concerned. Um, and um, uh, 
she um, she's just been outed by the AUT student magazine, which has just issued a formal apology for making false statements against me last November. And one of the false statements was a quote by Kate Hanna to the effect that my ideas are racist, sexist and divisive. And they threw Kate Hanna under the bus by saying they regret the making of the statements. They had no basis for making this statement. So Kate hasn't gotten the message. She hasn't gotten the memo that she has been outed as a disinformation artist by um, her erstwhile um, uh, colleagues at Debate Magazine. Excellent. That's that's such great news. Now, um, we will bring you oh, back. Oh, come on. That's more than great news. That just laid the smack down of Kate Hanna. She's just lost all credibility. Boom. Out. Guys, I'm, I'm kind of giddy. I'm 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 kind of giddy. It feels like Christmas is early. Uh, <laughs> um, I think, like I said earlier, I feel like this documentary was a really bad idea for these people. It wasn't even a documentary. It felt like a a Netflix movie smear piece. Totally, it just was had no hallmarks of true journalism with an objective focus, um, trying to hone in on on facts. It just was all about emotional crap and hyperbole. It was a real shame. Yeah, so so now um we will play um clip number four. Now this is how they described um Calvin and myself, and then they also linked us to um Carl Chapman as well. So we'll bring Carl Chapman on for comment after this clip. The next on our list, Calvin Elk, first came to public attention twenty years ago as a disaffected former soldier who claimed he had his own army and was prepared to go into battle with the government. To preserve what's inherently ours, I'll take it right to the end. If that means picking up arms, if it means a confrontation with the, the oppressors, in a heartbeat. He led the far-right Direct Democracy Party, which stood in the 2005 general election. I'd like to welcome party leader, the man who started it all, the man to tell you all about it. Please welcome Calvin Ellis. Real articulate speech ready for you all. But to be honest, I think it's a waste of time. He had a go at acting. Well, this looks serious. Oh no, I haven't forgotten the birthday, anniversary, anything. I am pregnant. Congratulations, Dad. <laughs> And in 2021, ALP launched Counterspin Media. We must hold the line. We are in a war. It's an information war. A far-right online TV channel running at that stage on the platform of former Trump campaign chief Steve Bannon. Are you prepared to give it up and let these elites take it and just give it away? That's the power that elected Donald Trump. Bannon believes the 2020 US election was stolen and calls mainstream media the opposition. And all the mainstream media hailed as the great podium of truth, I call it bullshit, is, um, turned out to be complete, utterly false, fake, phony liars. Incredible, absolutely incredible. This is about identity making and meaning making to, um, to claim a space of leadership, a claim of space of importance. So if the military command is watching this, and I guarantee you they will be... Counterspin live-streamed throughout the Wellington occupation, with ALP repeatedly calling for an overthrow of the government, including a military coup. We'll be happy for it to be in your safe hands, because the criminals that occupy Parasite Palace, laughingly called the Beehive, need to be gone. 
Fellow Counterspin presenter Hannah Spearer is Calvin Alp's partner. She describes herself as an anti-feminist and a patriot. To resist, of course, this tyrannical government, which is not going to stop, it's a system, of course, as we all know, just uh, going around the globe. And, um, you know, at this point, it's slave, slavery versus freedom. There you go. Well, um, everything you heard there, absolutely correct. And I stand by every single word of it. 20 years ago, absolutely, I saw what was coming. And guess what? It's here. Everything I talked about, but they didn't show you in that. We didn't play the whole thing or the main clips. I gave them intelligence about bribe politicians, about things that were going on, all made the cutting room floor. Funny that it's the same narrative shaping they're doing with this other little documentary. Yeah. And um, hey, look, I am proud to be an anti-feminist because I think feminism as an ideology has just gone way too far. It was implemented by the Rockefellers anyway to purposely get you know women out of the home into the workforce to increase taxes and to put children in state care so the state could start indoctrinating them basically with Marxist ideology what they won't tell you in this documentary is that I basically was like Kate Hanna I was a leftist um you know I never called myself a Marxist I never identified that formally with that ideology but what they won't also tell you is that I was a student of Dr Paul Buchanan's now he was a lecturer at Auckland University and he's the one that recently came out blaming all these phone calls that the schools were getting with these fake bomb scares he as a security expert went on Radio New Zealand and claimed that this was due to the anti-mask brigade and the anti-vaxxers saying that we had somehow got a VPN and rerouted a phone call to make it look like it was from overseas to scare all these schools and get the, get the police called out. I mean, come on. But then what does he say? I don't have any actual proof of that, of course, but it's not in, see, that's the problem. They will lay a charge, not be able to back it up, but so it sits in your mind and then later they can continue to layer and pour it on straight out of Joseph Goebbels' book of propaganda. Yep. The, the more <clears throat> lies you tell, the more often you tell, the bigger you tell it, the more believable, believable it will be. And the, what um, Dr. Paul Buchanan's expertise was at Auckland University was um, was Latin American revolutions, basically Marxist ideology. And he taught us that that Marxism would basically be the long march through the institutions. Now that is, when they talk about institutions, they talk about education system. They talk about the churches. Mm. They talk about the healthcare system. So everywhere you look in our institutions, you see the infiltration of Marxist ideology. And that is basically critical race theory. That is the whole gender division. That is all this divide. So now they won't tell you that I came from that mindset though, because they don't want you to actually change. So I was, you know, I, I, I could have potentially been where Chloe Schwarbrick is. You know, that was the trajectory I was on as part of the Greens on campus at Auckland University. But you and, got saved. Yeah, and being um, invited to stand for the Green Party, um, you know, or, you know, maybe the Labour Party. That was... That God was, forbid. But, you know, what I'm saying is, is that I've done you know, 180 degrees uh, turnaround and I'm not, I'm not left or right now. I'm basically um, straight up the guts. Yeah. I'm straight up the guts. And what I believe is it's much bigger than politics and it's about what is right and what <clears throat> is wrong. Um, and yeah. So why don't we bring um, um, Kyle on? Because what, what's happened this last week in politics here in New Zealand is that they've been talking about bullying. So they've crucified a young national party um 
candidate. Um, oh, okay, we'll bring that second clip on. Um, a young National Party candidate, a, you know, basically hung him up, hung him out to dry for things that happened at high school and at university. Um, Twenty years ago, you know, and then then you've got the Labor Party that believes in restorative justice. So our next guest that we'll bring on is Kyle Chapman, and he did some silly things in his youth. I mean, who, which of us didn't? Um, and he has completely redeemed himself. Um, you know, and he's 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 I'm still not, doing them. He's not a white supremacist as they like to claim. So we'll play this next little clip and then we'll bring him on. Hannah Spearer is welcoming to Kyle Chapman, the former leader of the National Front and the neo-Nazi right-wing resistance. Stupid things. They like to call you a white supremacist. What have you got to say uh, to those people who like to try and discredit you and everybody else because of that? The, the mainstream media is just a joke now. We're very happy to support you guys. We love Counterspin. Hannah Spearer is also known as Sarah Smith. Under that name in 2020, she was speaking publicly about satanic ritual abuse. To kind of stand up in front of a group like that and credit Trump for, for his work on child trafficking and raising awareness about the topic is just phenomenal. Okay, so we'll address the Trump stuff shortly. Um, and yes, I did have to use a pseudonym because... Um, I had been off social media for many, many years because I already knew that, you know, it's basically a CIA tracking system. Um, but then I did join in 2020 under a pseudonym, Sarah Smith, like she mentioned. And I will give Paula Penfold, um, you know, kudos for actually pronouncing my last name right. That's that's awesome. Um, and But, you know, she, it's almost like she kind of thinks that... Um, you know, people can't have a change of heart and that and that Kyle is basically still damned to be what he was, um, you know, back in his youth. And and so my point, sorry, was just I had to use a pseudonym because they were going to come after my business and I was doing an early childcare business. And this is exactly why. This is why I used a pseudonym because you imagine my clients seeing a documentary like this, they would just, they, they wouldn't know what to do with it. So um, Kyle, welcome to the show. Are you still a white supremacist? Well, I've never stated that I was a white supremacist. Um, whenever the media ask me, they'll ask me honestly in one interview, they'll ask me if I'm a white supremacist four or five times trying to get me to slip up. It's one of their many manipulative, deceitful ways of interviewing people. Um, so what the, happened? I, I'd, I'd like to say, <clears throat> what's that, sorry? So what happened like back in the day that 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 incident with on on the Marai that they keep bringing up and they they won't let you you know you've done restorative justice around that whole issue. Yes. Well, I was you know I was a 15 16 years old <laughs> alcoholic and I did lots of crazy stuff. Lots of crazy stuff. I particularly hated the school system, so I used to <clears throat> target them a lot. I was a serial arsonist as part of my drinking and drugging and you know, as you said you know, when I um, got clean and sober I went through that process of um, confessing to my crimes because I was never caught for any of them I was very good at what I did I was very um, a bit of a cunning guy and um, then when I got clean and sober I went and confessed to it and then went to the Runaka and um, talked to them about it as well and got um you know, worked through that stuff with them because I was also a social worker at the time and um, built a very good relationship with the um, Runaka and Christchurch at the time. Um, you know, I worked very hard on that. And I, and I have to say as well, you know, the reason that this is used a lot by the media is because the media is at least 77% extreme left, extreme left, 
basically follow base, um, basic communist um, doctrine. Um, World War II communist doctrine was whenever anybody disagrees with you, call them a fascist, fascist, call them a Nazi. That was their policies back then, and that's what these people are doing now, like that, um, that Kate. You know, she's basically, like you're saying earlier, you know, she's a, she's a left-wing um, political tool. She is not um, an honest person with integrity. She is using standard communist doctrine as a way to lie and manipulate the, to the public um, against people that might speak against their agenda. That's, it's a tool and a plan that they set out to do. So, I mean, and, and as we've talked about before, you know, it's a joke. They've called Elliot Ekeli a white supremacist. They've called Derek Tate a white supremacist. You know, they, they'll use this word. I mean, look in that, honestly, if you wrote, if you um, counted how many times they used the term far right in that stupid piece, um, honestly, I couldn't keep up with it. Sometimes I'd say it in, twice in one sentence. It was a typical communist doctrine type thing, you know. And don't forget the anti-everything. Because apparently on yeah. our side of the equation, we are anti-everything. Hell, we're probably anti-ourselves, according yes. to them. Self-hate, I think they'll uh, build that as. Hannah? Yeah, so um, what what other things stood out for you, Kyle, in that documentary? Um, have you got any other thoughts you'd like to add? Well, I think in general, they did a really good job of bringing out a lot of our issues. <laughs> I, yeah. I was actually—I thought they did a really good job of letting us speak. Honestly, Counterspin's um, view viewing is going to go up by heaps. <laughs> you know, I'm expecting to get on my page tonight and probably have another thousand um, likes on it. You know, they don't. Um, every bit of hit piece they do on us is always going to be beneficial for us. But that one was particularly good. It let us talk about heaps of stuff that we believe in even though they're insulting us at the same time, it's going to reach out to people. When they say that we're lying about um, vax deaths, it's going to reach out to people because they're going to think, well, actually, um, my granddad died straight after he got the vax. You know, and they're going to think, oh, maybe I should look into this a bit more. Yep. So they, they really helped our movement heaps. You know? Yeah, and when you think about, um, I think the mistrust or distrust in the mainstream media is now at 55% uh, and that's by their standards yeah, well there's only 45% of people that still trust the media yeah. um, so you know and that's their uh, we must say that is their own polls and we know they're usually skewed so if they couldn't drum up yeah. enough to crack that 50% you know they're in deep trouble awesome well I, I actually um, I kind of I mean, I don't feel sorry for you because that's kind of, I suppose, a, a belittling kind of position to hold. But what I feel like they're doing with you, Kyle, is I feel like they're using you and your, um, you know, as the, the story that you've told us and, you know, you've redeemed yourself and the Labour Party is all for, um, you know. Restorative justice. Yeah, restorative justice, prisoner reform and not holding um, people um, you know, to their childhood crimes. Maybe, maybe it's because you're white. Maybe they're racist against you, and maybe they want to keep kind of. Oh, they're definitely racist. Yeah. So that... the 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 typical Labour Party member believes that their white middle class liberal lefty <clears throat> has to help brown people because brown people won't help themselves. They're so friggin' racist. It's not funny. And any any white person who comes from a poor background should have just pulled their socks up and sorted their lives out. Yes. Yeah, so they are so racist. They are. And I feel like they <clears throat> they kind of use you 
um, basically to, to do hit pieces on everybody because, you know, they've got this created narrative against you that's been going on for, you know, many, many years. Um, but, you know, I think at this point we've all just got to stick together because if we if we kind of hang you out to dry yeah. now, then, I mean, they're just going to do that to us. So it doesn't matter exactly where we sit on the spectrum, but we all just need to stay united. Calvin? The one thing I want people to take away from um, Kyle's talk here is that he himself took himself back to the scene of the crime. He himself mm. sought restorative justice. He himself made amends. No one forced him to do it. He did it all on his own. So for all you out there who try to bag him and say, you got caught doing this wrong. You were made to do this wrong. You firebombed a marae wrong. It was not the marae that was touched. So you guys really need to stop gorging yourself on mainstream media and getting drunk on the propaganda, sustained as it is, and actually start engaging. Can I, can I also thinking. say, um, oh, sorry, sorry. No, Kevin. no, I, no, I sorry. I just want to say as well that, that my, my, typical, my typical debate with the Labour Party or Green Party supporter is usually ending with them insulting me about my dyslexia. They are very quick to abuse people with disabilities. You know, I have quite bad dyslexia, so when I'm typing and stuff, it comes out quite messy. And they'll go into some over-educated rant about how I'm just some poor white trash guy that doesn't have an education. And uh, when I mention that I'm dyslexic, they, they, um, they just get more abusive and bring up something else. They're, they're terrible, terribly prejudiced against anyone who disagrees with them. And they'll bring up anything, any kind of snide comment or... Um, you know, weakness that they think that you have as a way to try and hurt you. They're terrible people. Yep, hundred percent agree. Uh, we, we see it all the time. Um, we've I've got I'm toying with a few people at the moment. You know, like cat with a ball of string uh, on our on some of our threads. <laughs> they come on there and they go. It's like they've somehow come up with this big expose. I try to tell them that every piece of information they have about me, I've given them myself. What I expose myself, and you know, this Calvin up expose the apron and all that sort of thing. I gave you those photos. Everything you know about me, I have mm. given you. Nothing. You don't know anything about me that I don't want you to know. That's just a fact. So troll away. It's amusing me. Yeah. And they're big hypocrites, eh? They're, they're hideous hypocrites. They support um, policies, you know, like forced experimentation, you know, medical experimentation. They, they, they're anti-freedom of speech. They're, they're pro-gun control. Those three things in themselves are things that Nazi Germany did. <laughs> Speaking of that, <laughs> I want your comments on this because it's important. Now, we have been told we're neo-Nazis, far-right supremacists, nationalists, whatever. But let's treat it for what it is. It is projection. The Labour government has, mm -hmm. to the tune of over $11 million in counting, been supporting Ukraine. In the Ukraine, you have the Azov Battalion. Tell us about that, Kyle. Who are they and well, what are uh, they? Well, you know, they're actually a political party in the Ukraine. Um, they have um, at least three um, members of their government are, are part of the Azov Battalion. What's, they've actually got a political party that backs them. Um, the leader of that party is good friends of Zelensky. Uh, you know, they, they, they hide this information quite well, the lefty um, media, because they are the lefty media. They are, like I said, they're trained Marxists. 
And, um, you know, as we know, that the, the Azov Battalion openly uses um, Nazi um, emblems. They turn NATO flags into Nazi-looking flags. Uh, you know, that they're very anti-Russian. Facebook is actually allowing you now to say racist things against Russians um, as part of their campaign to support Ukraine. It's, it's quite um, telling, actually, how far they'll go in order to push their agenda now, including being openly racist against Russian people. Yes, and the, and the, um, the Azov Battalion, they skite on TV how they're going to kill their prisoners and how they're going to torture them. And they, they set whole villages on fire, lock people in buildings and set them on fire. Nobody talk, none, none of the mainstream media talk about that stuff. Yeah, we'll be mentioning that later on too because they did um, try oh. and call Calvin out about his um, Russian perspectives. Oh. But so I stand by Russia, and I'll say it yeah. again. To what they're doing in the Ukraine, I fully back 100%. And you know what cracks me up about this whole narrative they're pushing? They're saying thousands of Ukrainians fleeing. Guess where they're fleeing? To Russia. Straight after they're saying mm. they're, freeing, uh, they're fleeing a Russian uh, aggression. So why are they fleeing to Russia? Two and two mm-hmm. people. Sure. Okay, so we're going to carry on this discussion about race with our next guest. Thanks, Kyle. Just, uh, you can continue right. to stay Thank on you. the um, call if you wish, and we'll get you back on later. Yep. Um, but Carleen Hediorder, uh, she will be no stranger to many of you. Let's play the little uh, intro that they did on her, and then we'll bring her on. Another on our list, Carleen Hediorder, spoke at the same event about child sex trafficking. And it's bigger than anything I could have ever imagined uh, myself being involved in. Hedy Orta describes herself as a wannabe musician who has mostly worked in hospitality. But in 2021, she led the Sovereign Hikoi of Truth, which looks on the face of it like Indigenous activism. I am no longer going to stand aside and watch my people be slowly destroyed by a government But spreads an assortment of conspiracy theories, including anti-Semitism. Although Albalyn Rothschild looks like a harmless grey-haired old man, make no mistake about it, Rothschild and his ancestors have handpicked presidents, crashed stock markets, bankrupted nations, and climate change denial. In fact, growing numbers of experts see the whole issue as a sleight of hand, a climate hustle. Hedioda's relationship with Counterspin Media's Calvin Elk goes two ways. She amplifies his content to her thousands of followers. I'm you know, connected to him and I always will be. I will not ever give that relationship up for anyone. We know from historical experience of, of how white supremacism or neo-Nazism or white nationalist identity works, that they are, are always selected and groomed and duped members of minorities and women who are brought into the fold, made to feel part of the in-group, and then paraded as evidence that this is, could not possibly be a racist or sexist movement because these people are part of it. Here's Hedy Order 2 with Kyle Chapman in 2020. Those people are not your friends and allies. If you are in a shared space with white supremacists, people on the far political right, they do not have your and our best interests at heart. They can't exactly say I'm a white supremacist when half of my family are jigaboo. You know what I mean? I call them jigaboos for fun. Um, but my sister's married to a Samoan. 
Okay. Hang on. Hang on. We're just going to put you under our spell, Carlene, because obviously you can't think for yourself. This is this is me hypnotizing you <laughs> because apparently you haven't got a brain. You can't think for yourself and you're under my spell. Okay, so I just want to preface this by saying I think Kate Hanna is actually the racist there because I think it is so absolutely demeaning that you think an ethnic woman, an indigenous woman, a woman of color, a Maori woman, whichever, whatever you want to label these people as now. I mean, I just see them as fellow human beings, but you guys on the left can continue to put these stupid labels on everyone. I think it is so demeaning that you would even suggest they have, they, they can't even think for themselves. Carlene, you're an amazing woman. You've got a, you've got a fantastic brain. You know, what do you think uh, when, you know, middle-class liberal women, you know, who live in Ponsonby or Point Chev or wherever they live in Auckland, Greyland, then, um, you know, and they, and they kind of look down on, you know, you, you're a, you're a woman of the far North, a, um, yeah, you're tangata whenua, a woman of the land, you know, what is this? What do you think? <laughs> oh my gosh! I'll tell you what. I'm still coming to. I'm still trying to catch up with all of this because we've been on the road for the last three days, and my phone was going off the hook this morning, and I didn't answer any of them. It wasn't until um, you had message like, "Are you going to come on Counter Spin tonight?" And I'm like, "Okay, what's going on?" So finding out all of about this hit piece and things like that. I'm going to make two things very, very clear. Number one, I'm very, very smart. I do think for myself. No one got me into this freedom fight except the injustice that this government, corporation, um, brought into my life. And before we go any further, before I announce the second thing that I want to make clear, I'm just going to raise something up. This piece of paper right here, you won't see it properly, but I am going to send it to you guys to put up. This is the reason why I got into freedom fighting. This is the charge sheet of the man that was arrested for trafficking a 15-year-old girl in Northland. This is the original charge sheet i have never made this public but the injustice that this 15 year old girl suffered while five men were pretty much given a slap on the hand for raping her and abusing her is why i got into freedom fighting now the fact that stuff didn't come to me and ask me what i am actually about and actually showed the work that i do in their hit piece in regards to child sex trafficking and labeling me a white supremacist and that I'm pretty much stupid, they have got a serious problem on their hand. And that problem is I'm going to bring all of this to light. I wanted to hold back on all of this stuff, but they've given me reason to push through. And I'm going to let Counterspin be the one to help me get all of these out because this is the reason why I got into freedom fighting. And the second thing I want to make clear is I am not an anti-Semitist or a white supremacist. I'm still pissed off that they haven't labelled me a black supremacist. <laughs> like, why is none of us black asses being called black supremacists? Okay? I'm not a white supremacist. I'm not racist. I don't have any problem with any other culture. <clears throat> 
I see good hearts, I see good spirits, and I connect with people who are on the right side of history and they want the truth to come out and they want our people to live in a real democracy. You know, this this country is full of shit. This government is full of shit. And that's pretty much as extreme as my views get. And some of the things that they accuse me of saying, um, like calling for the execution of certain people, not once ever in my fight for freedom in two and a half years have I called for the execution of anyone. So they got a, like Damien said, it's not going to turn out well for them and it's going to make us look really, really bloody good. And I'm I'm actually quite privileged to be in such uh, a list of high-caliber freedom fighters and activists. Like, I didn't think I would make that list, but thank you very much for the acknowledgement. <laughs> yes, well... Um... The way they're trying to portray it, it's like we've got to have our token Māori to make it to legitimate le- legitimize ourselves because somehow we've got this evil plan. But apparently, there was actually at least thirty percent Māori um, at the Wellington protest, so it was hardly like they were in the minority. Now, uh, I got to know you very early on in twenty twenty, uh, you know, early on in the pandemic because I saw what you were doing it's online. Uh, well, in the pandemic, um, and I saw what you were doing online in regards to that trafficking ring that you referenced up there in Northland, and um, you know, like many of us, this child trafficking thing woke us up, and um, you know, it's it's so depressing and it's so hard hitting that it has taken me years to actually integrate it and understand what's going on. We will talk more about it in depth when they start actually trying to make out like it's just a conspiracy theory. But, I mean, people on the left should be caring about the children and they should be caring that it is the bigger... This is the actual pandemic. This is the whole um, virus of of child abuse that, that we should be discussing. This is, in my opinion, the one... Um, issue that can unite all groups across it doesn't matter where you come from what's political side of this what side of the political spectrum you come from doesn't matter how much money you earn nothing no one in their right mind can actually stand by and say that abuse of children is correct so I certainly didn't um indoctrinate you you know when I invited you to come to that event that we had there in Auckland um that actually the first venue we got um already got cancelled because they were already getting pressure put on them um so, I mean, what what else do you want to say in regards to this topic? And and maybe you do want to start introducing this whole because throughout the documentary they were you know trying to say that it was all Q Q QAnon theory. Now let's be clear here: there is no QAnon. That's a mainstream media beat up. There is only Q and Anons. They're the people. What's Q, Calvin? Q is a very high level intelligence clearance. It's true. It exists. It's like a. Anyway, and the anons are the researchers and the hackers and the people who ferret the information to prove the point. And the reason why everything's coming out now is because these people are active in the background. You can call them whatever you want. You can just call them freedom advocates. You can call them uh, people with concern. But these are the people who are actively saying, wait a minute, something goes wrong here, and I'm going to show you what it is. And it's up to mainstream media to try to beat them down so those voices never get heard. Well... We decided yeah, one of the things that said, yeah, one of the things that Hannah said about um, this being the pandemic, the real pandemic that w- should unite a people, unite a country. This has been my biggest goal 
for the last two and a half years. It's why I go so hard with raising awareness around the subject. And we've just come off the back end of a six-week tour around New Zealand. And I'm going to be honest, I thought I knew quite a lot about um, satanic ritual abuse, child trafficking, adrenochrome. And I'm a little bit pissed off that they put those words um, and showed that for Damien and they didn't show that for me because that's what I actually do. <laughs> but at least it was put out there. So I'm grateful for that. Um, but look, as much as I knew going into our last tour, um, I actually have to be honest, I haven't told I haven't even told our own crew this, but I actually came home traumatized um, because hearing real life testimony from real life survivors, I've known of two people throughout my two and a half years. I know about 30 now. 30 survivors of satanic ritual abuse in our country. And some of these women are in their late 50s and 60s that testified, gave their testimony in our um, presentations. And to hear the trauma that they suffered, to hear that these bureaucrats, these politicians, these high-level doctors all knew about all these crimes and they all got covered up. And people are still very closed-minded and don't want to hear it. They don't want to believe it. And mainstream media has a lot to do with people turning a blind eye to these crimes. Okay. And, and it's so Now, Paula Penfold, you need to be going to Carleen Hediorda's events if you actually are uh, a journalist worth your salt and you need to be going and listening to all those people giving their testimonies. And Louisa. Cleave. Yes, we cannot let her um, get away with this. Actually, all mainstream media journalists, uh, let's let's put you all there. And the other thing that you need to be doing is going uh, in, through Investigate magazine and going back to the 2007, I think it is, um, yep. article that details October. in great, um, it's very meticulous in, in what it details about the 1980s sex trafficking child abuse ring that was operating outside out of Dunedin which included the police included high-level politicians lawyers the corrupt um you know just top echelons of New Zealand society also linking in um David Bain's sister um and and certain video uh videos that are supposedly out there with a very prominent ex-prime minister and this was all covered up by Michael Cullen, who went on to become the future Labour Party finance minister. So anybody out there who is trying to label anybody in this documentary a conspiracy theorist just needs to go back and look at that particular article in itself. Now, I'm not recommending doing it. It's not light reading. It's not easy reading. You need to do it. But you should do it. Um, yes, 2007, Ian Wishart's Investigate magazine. Um, and yeah, I mean, Carleen, what else do you want to say about that? Well, when it comes to labelling us conspiracy theorists, this is something I actually said during our tour. I said, yes, I am. I am a conspiracy theorist. I take a conspiracy, I theorise it, and then I research it, and then I back it up with evidence to determine um, the rightful outcome and what the truth is. So, yes, everything that starts off as a conspiracy theory. So I, I don't get why that label is is wrong. I think it's just these um, 
these mainstream Muppets or these um, elite Muppets or whatever you want to call them, they've taken that and just like a lot of things, they've bastardized it. Well, and but I think we all be proud to be conspiracy theorists <laughs> and taking all these theories that we know all and either bringing them to light as truth or laying them to rest that they are just a theory. Okay. So that's my thought on conspiracy theorists. Yeah, see, I'm I've evolved, Carly. I've evolved. I'm now a conspiracy factualist. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that because your acting sucks. Hey, hey, actually, let's let's talk about that. Great show scene. You should see my ass. It was looked bloody good on screen. So people are going to have a look. Um, but that was actually just an invite from a guy who was going to make a, a biker movie. And yes, that is me riding the bike because I can. Um, <clears throat> and that was just to test camera shots, angles, and basically um, equipment. It wasn't to, you know. It never got made. He's not some made. CIA Hollywood mockingbird agent. I wish I was because I get paid a lot more than we're doing now. So Before there was a kissing scene. I was going, please don't show a kissing scene. That is going to gross me out. Yeah, no, I, I said I didn't want that just cut away just before. Um, so you threw me off my game, Carlin. Come on. Um, so anyway, I've, I've elevated myself now. I'm now a conspiracy factualist because it is a fact there are conspiracies against us all. When these people get together, and they get paid to push an unproven product in an experimental way upon a population that is causing carnage and harm, that is a conspiracy. That is a fact. And that's exactly what's happening in this country. I have called, we've called it from day one. We said there is no pandemic. There's no SARS-CoV-2 that's causing all this because there was no dead bodies. Physical reality did not ever match the hyperbole that they would have on um, on, on, on the main screen. Okay. Can I develop on your idea as well? There's, so there's, you're going to, yeah. So, um, now when we, you've got all the facts about the conspiracies, then you can analyze them. <clears throat> so I would say, yeah, a hundred percent is conspiracy. Oh, you evolved. There's you're cons- evolving past mine. <laughs> yeah. There's conspiracies going on. <laughs> and I'd say that the majority of this audience are actually conspiracy analysts now at this point we're analyzing the power structures that the left like to call the patriarchy (coughs) or the left like to call capitalism but it's actually far beyond politics and um you know we could talk all night about how far it goes up but um maybe uh if you just stay on the line carlene we will um bring you back on later and we will go to our next clip uh introducing well we've already had her on but this is the clip that introduces amy benjamin The go-to legal mind on Counterspin is former senior law lecturer at AUT, Amy Benjamin. I sort of woke up to the nature of uh, evil and uh, elite criminality in about 2010. And uh, before I was a law lecturer. um, And, uh, you know, I've been going down rabbit holes ever since. Amy Benjamin has written that 9-11 was a false flag. That's a military term you'll often hear in these groups to claim an act like an attack was faked or staged to look like it was carried out by someone other than the true perpetrator. She makes the same claim about the Christchurch mosque terror attacks. You know, Christchurch was such such an obvious false flag. You know, but I, I think that will be revealed in due course. I, I don't think uh, I don't think this is going to go on forever. I think Christchurch will be will be revealed eventually. I do. Amy Benjamin resigned from AUT shortly after this interview, and now publishes her own videos on a fringe site. They play you every time. Not you, my listeners, but the the sheep who don't listen to my broadcasts. 
And so when they say um, fringe site, uh, they mean rumble, don't they, Amy? And that's because YouTube senses the truth. Now, let everybody know what your channel is on rumble so they can go and follow you. And then let us know your thoughts about, uh, you know, how they framed you in this documentary. Um, my channel is The American Spirit with Amy Benjamin, and it's on Rumble, and it's very easy to find. Um, they defamed me in this piece. I did not resign my senior lectureship after um, claiming Christchurch was a false flag. Um, I sat that interview with Vinny in November of last year. I had resigned the uh, previous September, two months earlier, um, for mostly personal reasons. Um, they wanted to make it seem like, you know, I made this claim about Christchurch and then a scandal ensued and then I had to resign due to the pressure and the heat of the scandal. That's that's a complete fabrication. This was a defamatory statement that was made by the spinoff last November. I called their attention to its falsity. They issued a retraction of sorts. The producers of this hit piece could have found out the truth simply by contacting me instead as with everyone else, they refused to get in touch and they just reproduced uh, the defamatory statement and they're, they're quite legally liable, in my opinion. So basically, <laughs> so basically they don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Um, they don't. They That's exactly right, Calvin. It's a hit piece. So they're going to um, take the, the, um, the facts that um, suit them and discard the facts that don't. Um, so it's really quite shameful. It's absolutely shameful reporting. Um, what was the other part of your question, Hannah? <laughs> um, oh, I, have a, I have a question for, for Amy. I'd love to yeah, ask. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. To if I jump on screen. Hey, Amy, um, Amy, I noticed in the, not the clip we just watched, but the clip before that, there was an AUT law dean. I think it was dean. Her name was Kylie. Kylie with an H-Y-L-E. E. Um, do you know that that particular person? Yes. What are your thoughts on their their using um, the dean of law from AUT in as part of their uh, their documentary? What are your thoughts on that? Well, listen, Damien and everyone else. There's so much I could say, but I am not at liberty to disparage AUT, so I have to remain silent. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, um, I. You can, you can, you get my gist. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not at liberty I, I to disparage them, and therefore I can't say anything. Yeah, I personally find it problematic that that uh, you know a government-funded media outlet under a government. Funded public interest journalism program is using uh, AUT uh, and a and a dean from their law school to sort of hammer home, um, I guess, the inadequacies of us as a freedom movement trying to fight for our rights in our country. I think it's pretty. It's them trying to take the moral high road, in my opinion, and try and take it out of our hands and put it into theirs, which I find. Uh, holy gross and it sucks because amy i'm listening to you you're clearly very smart you know exactly how to tackle uh, an issue and the fact is is that because of the bully tactics that have been forced upon many of us you're having to remain tight-lipped and can't speak freely for fear of reprisal this is unsadly this is now commonplace in new zealand and I noticed this, um, you know, last week at the Freedom and Rights Coalition, there was a counter protest, you know, at the domain. And what I found so dis disturbing in that is that not only did that counter protest think that they were really the, the majority viewpoint of the whole thing, 
it was in the days following that I saw all the disgusting infighting of the counter protest, all about racism and who was in charge and whose mana was uh, insulted and all this. And, and I find that this is the, not the kind of uh, work or behavior that we conduct ourselves in here in the truth movement. It is very much a hallmark of the left. Bunch of catty, bitchy people. I feel like I can't help decide if I want to hug them or punch them. It really is a tough one. Um, look, I there's so much one could say. The whole notion of dangerous speech is why well, I, I reject it outright. I don't think any speech can be dangerous unless it's an incitement to violence. And that has to be proximate and direct, you know, the real standards of the law of, of tort and, and criminal behavior. And none of us engages in that um but there are no already laws for that aren't there um amy we've already got that yeah, we don't the, need more laws those are yeah and you don't need to expand uh, the notion of um of, of wrongful speech um in order to protect against incitement uh, to violence um there's no one likes disinformation but of course the charge of disinformation runs both ways we lob our charges too i think our charges are very accurate i think theirs are 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 very misguided so the charges of disinformation run both ways. And, you know, when Debate Magazine, the AUT Student Magazine, wanted to in, um, interview me last November, they wanted to get, get Kate Hanna to comment on my views, and they wanted to give her the title of expert on disinformation. They didn't want to give that title to me, and I insisted that we both have that title. Either both of us have it or neither of us have it, and they didn't want to interview me on that basis. Okay, so charges of disinformation run both ways. That's number one. And number two is there's one thing worse than disinformation, and that's the unbridled power of the censor. That's the unbridled power of the person who claims to have the power to know what disinformation looks like, because the moral hazard involved in that is too obvious to even have to, to belabor. Yeah, I could totally see that. I remember one of the things that startled me was uh, Lee Williams, a Christchurch-based video blogger. Um, uh, some people don't agree with Lee. Some people totally agree agree with Lee, but I will never get in his way to uh, get in his way of having free speech. But I witnessed Lee get digitally lynched with the help of the New Zealand government and its chief censor to get not only get him removed from YouTube and Facebook and other places, but to also help him get his bank accounts removed as well as the donation platform to help uh, sustain his life. And this was by the New Zealand government. Yeah. Uh, free, free speech is definitely uh, in the crosshairs of this government it's very frightening so um do you have you know amy in your opinion uh, do you see this getting much more worse before it gets better or do you think we're actually at peak pain point at the moment um if i was going to predict i mean the way i read this his piece is it's a it's a panic move by the cabal i see panic in this move i see desperation i think they know they're losing that the spell is breaking that the old tricks aren't working that people are questioning um that distrust in the public of their ridiculous narratives and one-sided reporting is growing and so they engage in smearing of course you've i think all of us recognize they haven't engaged on the merits of any of the so-called conspiracy theories that that, that we've introduced into public debate. They don't engage on the merits. They simply say to the public, these are false ideas, and now we're going to speculate as to why these people have the false ideas. Um, and then they, they spin their sort of pop uh, psychobabble explanations as to why um, we think the way we do on a host of issues, but they never engage 
uh, with the merits. And I think the, the, the reason they resort to ad hominems is because um, uh, it's the only it's the only it's the only arrow left in their quiver. And that's a sign that we're winning. So I think things is. are getting better. OK, I'm going to jump in here I think we're now. going to win. Okay, I'm going to jump in here because I want to ask Amy something um, uh, topic specific. I know you can't um, go after the AUT. I'll do that for you later. Um, no, not for you. On behalf of myself, of course, because, um, you know, when you gag. <clears throat> uh, anyway, moving right along. Amy, everyone talks about why aren't they adhering to the uh, New Zealand Bill of Rights 1990? And I tell them it's because it's subordinate legislation. It's not cemented anywhere in law. And all they need to do is cite some safety concern like a pandemic and they can trot over it as much as they can. Now, the recent court case by the hood that the hood took um, in Wellington against the jab rollout for the five year olds that was lost recently with the judge, of course, hand hamstrung because he could only rule. And that's why I do not like judicial reviews. He could only rule on whether the government adhered to its own rules when implementing this decision. He could not take into account anything else, the severity of the um, maiming, the carnage, the um, what's in the bloody vaxes, the vaccines with little inverted commas there. Um, so what is your position and why do you think it is so damn hard in this country to get justice on anything? My position is that the Bill of Rights um, is um, is a is a very weak rights instrument. Number one, um, rights need to be entrenched um, uh, as higher law. I've spoken about this uh, before, um, and because right now the government can go in and say under adducing a section five analysis, look, you know, we've, we've shown that there's an emergency, that there's tremendous public need for the abrogation of certain rights. And they, they feed an empirical analysis to the court and they say, you know, you need to, to trust our, our conclusions here, citing all their experts. Um, which, and these experts often are conflicted. They often have financial ties to the governments. They often have grant money that comes from governments and supranational entities. But they put this factual record in front of the court, and then the Bill of Rights tells the court to do a Section 5 analysis, sort of weighing public interests against the right. And even when you get an extremely strong right, such as the ones you have in Sections 10 and 11, if the public has been scared enough by the government propaganda, so uh, uh, a problem in problem reaction solution style, if the government has scared the daylights out of the public, and that will include the members of the judiciary who are imbibing the propaganda along with the rest of the public, um, that factual record goes in front of the judge. And, um, and uh, if they're scared enough, they will give the Section 5 uh, conclusion that the, that the government wants. You also have to factor into to account that some judges are compromised. I, I'm tempted to say many are compromised. Um, they're compromised by the pedocracy which exists. Um, this is a real thing. It, uh, trafficking and, 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 and uh, torture and rape and murder of children is the way that politicians are controlled. Catherine Austin Fitz in the United States talks at length about this. You don't get to a position of power in the society, in politics, in the judiciary, in the medical establishment without a control file on you, okay? Um, after a certain level, you only get past a certain level if you can show um, stuff in your, that there's stuff in your control file that, that will ensure that you are controlled. So that's going to be another reason why the Bill of Rights, um, e even though it's a weak instrument, it should have been enforced as we all wanted it to be forced to safeguard 
uh, the right against compulsory or pressured vaccination. It was not. And I can only think because A, the judges, the judiciary, members of the judiciary are not what they seem. They're either too stupid not to be scared enough or they're compromised. And sorry, not sorry, that's just the way it is. And we have to be adults here and look facts in the face. Um, control files are real. And unfortunately, um, the abuse of children is, is, is the most effective way for the cabal to control um, the people they need to do, they need to control. Uh, and if anyone, and can I just add one thing, Calvin? Calvin? Yeah. If anyone in your audience, if anyone in your audience, because there was a lot in the documentary about all these, you know, Pizzagate people, these, these insane believers in a pedocracy, et cetera. If anyone is in doubt, I would ask them to look at the email content of the John Podesta emails. John Podesta was the former chief of staff of Bill Clinton, senior advisor to Barack Obama, I believe, for all eight years. His emails are absolutely laced with pedophilia code words, as per the standard FBI uh, explanations, absolutely laced and spirit cooking, which are these rituals where they do cannibalistic um, exercises. Yeah. It's absolutely it's disgusting. Totally, totally real. Totally real. Totally and people, real. And, and if people want to, people want to poo-poo it. Right now in the United States, in the state of Utah, um, a local attorney, uh, I think a local uh, DA and a local sheriff and the sheriff's wife have been caught up uh, in exactly this, an investigation into human trafficking in the state of Utah, including uh, satanic ritual abuse and cannibalism. I'm not kidding. And this is happening this year, right now, 2022, in the state of Utah. Um, so these things, these these perversions, these absolutely sickening acts are coming to the surface. What people don't realize is, is that this is the thing that has bound most of us together as freedom fighters, is that the sanctity and innocence of children is more important than anything self-serving, okay? Anything at all. And, Jamie, uh, and, and that's why we come together. We have to acknowledge that Trump... Um, recently in his speech talked about satanic ritual abuse and American president has never in the history of office spoken about it in these terms. Have, have they, yep. Amy? Never and yeah. never. And this is the thing that's crazy. Uh, I voted for Barack Obama twice. OK, so anytime the left wing media wants to pitch me some sort of label that I'm far right, what does that even mean? What does far right even mean? I wrote Barack Obama twice. Um, the reason why I left is because I started seeing how insane the media were treating Donald Trump by crap. But you know why I love Donald Trump is that Donald Trump in the first eight years of his presidency, not first eight years, sorry, just the four years that he was president, he arrested more human trafficking uh, pedophiles, coyotes, and all sorts of other evil people and rescued more children in four years than Barack Obama ever did in all eight. And that's because Barack Obama, just like you said, Amy, Barack Obama was uh, his chief of staff with John Podesta, brother of Tony Podesta. We know exactly how they're all connected to the Red Shoe Cabal, and they all know they, like they love their little sippy sippy on a bit of adrenochrome um, blood. And this is this this is the ultimate blackmail. This is how the uh, massive uh, organizations, establishments, governments get overthrown is because having a Polaroid of someone fiddling with a kid um, is is worth putting a bullet in your own head. And so therefore, these people can become controlled. Um, and so my whole stint on this whole thing is let's remove the people who are out of control. 
which are currently the people who are telling us that they are in control. Because those people do not care about the rule of law. Um, they will move those goalposts however they see fit as long as it suits their agenda. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, if you cannot rally around the innocence of children, there's some messed up people out there. And uh, that's why I like all of you people in the freedom movement is because you know what's going on. You know what matters. Okay. Now, let's let's go back to Amy for a minute because – um, Damien brought up a very poignant point. Amy, with all your credentials that completely and utterly destroyed Kate Hanna, of course, and, and relegated her to the bin of um, uselessness, what the hell is far right? I mean, I don't know where the hell center is. What is far right? From your expert legal opinion, can you tell me where far right is? Far right means very, very right. <laughs> As opposed to very, very wrong. And that's what, the, exactly. that's what this movement is about. It's just what we've been talking about. All this whole control system that's been propped up by a pedophile, satanic, ritual abuse system is extremely wrong. No one will deny that unless you're um, <laughs> so a, what, a pedophile, trans, wait a minute. whatever these so, people are. So what you're saying is <laughs> the people in the middle ain't got a bloody clue. Well, they're the, they're the people we want to speak to. This is why we're presenting these arguments. Now, um, let's just quickly get back to Wellington and the protests that happened, Amy. There were so many people there that were just average people, you know, just hardworking Kiwis, you know, doctors, nurses, firemen, um, ambulance officers, teachers, yep. just middle New Zealand, you know, the... Um, they kind of uh, what what do they call them? The basically that you know they're just the, the engine room of the country. Yeah, and they're the ones that um, just go along with life. They don't really rock the boat. You know, they just want to feed their families and make an honest wage. Um, what what is what what is so important about individual rights and why these people were there that they were actually just wanting to have the choice whether that they could have this medical experiment or not um, without the fear of being mandated out of a job or getting shot with these yeah a um, rubber bullet why are individual why are individual rights face. important and how do we enshrine that in, in some sort of constitution in here in New Zealand because obviously the Bill of Rights is not being listened to. Individual rights are not selfish. It's not selfish to insist on a right because the right goes to, to what it means to be human. Um, the right to control what goes in your body or what is or what remains, the left admits what remains in your body, i.e. the context of abortion, is and should be viewed as sacrosanct. You can imagine, easily imagine why. The the body and the mind are bound up together. If, if you are forced to take something into your body that you consider dangerous, that will have ramifications on your physical health that are, that, that, that are obvious. Um, the right of bodily sovereignty is, is, I think, the most foundational right. It informs the, the law of tort. It informs the law of criminal procedure. Um, it informs much of the substantive criminal law, for example, assault and battery. Um, the earliest writs concern the right to bodily sovereignty. So they're, in, my, in my view, it's more important than the right of free speech because the right of bodily sovereignty means you, you and you alone control what goes into your body. Um, uh, when they take away your right of free speech, 
they still can't control your thoughts. They can't control what you think internally. They're just controlling your exposition of those thoughts. But if they can control what goes into you, if they can force you to be vaccinated, then they are taking over your internal space. And once they do that, you lose your humanity. I, I think it, this is quite clear. So this right needs to be protected and it needs to be uh, at all costs, at all costs. It's not, insisting on it is not insisting on a whim or a whimsical impulse. Like for example, many people are out there, some, some people who claim to be legal scholars and they say, you know, rights should be limited, you know, just because someone wants to drive down the right side of the road, um, uh, you know, when the rule is you have to drive down the left, well, we don't allow that, do, do we? So we should therefore, you know, make sure that everyone gets vaccinated. Uh, yeah. This is ridiculous. Um, a whim is to choose a side of the road to drive down. Um, that has nothing to do with the right to control what goes into your body. So these sacrosanct rights, which are recognized in the Nuremberg, Nuremberg Code post-World War II, they're recognized in sections 10 and 11. They need far stronger far stronger uh, protection in in this country. And the, the, the bottom line is it is not selfish to insist on having your fundamental rights respected. On the contrary, it is extremely selfish to ask someone to give up their fundamental rights. Yeah. Here's a, see, I have a big problem with the um, security apparatus in this country, this uh, security intelligence service, the government communications and security bureau, and all the other alphabet soup organizations we have that are supposedly meant to be there to look after the people, but yet they're standing by and they're aiding and abetting in democide. Now they call uh, people like me and yourselves who actually subscribe to the position that people are actually getting killed by this jab. They are actually getting maimed and people's lives are being shattered through the fallout. They call us conspiracy theorists. We have the evidence the excess mortality rates we want to see. Um, but I want to play it. Anyone can find the evidence. They just got to go and have a look at their local cemetery and see how many fresh graves there are. Because if you come to Northland and you go throughout Urupa, there's three or four new ones every week. <clears throat> every week. 30% of our Urupa are fresh graves. Yeah, and I'll just like to say here, you must go and check out Linda Wharton at the New Zealand Health Forum. You must go and check out um, the NZD SOS and, of course, um, Silent No More, which is the uh, new foundation that Anna Hodgkinson and Casey Hodgkin, uh, um, Casey Hodgkinson's mother has set up. Um, Casey, of course, was uh, vaccine injured and they tried to debunk her in mainstream and make out like she was a liar. But there is so much evidence out there, Calm, the CALM website and everything. That's only national. Of course, there's all the international stuff. But make sure when you're searching for these things, you get the right sites. There are a lot of shill sites being set up to try to distract you and basically turn it into parody. So yeah, New Zealand put... Doctor Speaking Up With Science, nzdsos.com, which wasn't given to you before. It's .com. Anything else, don't stay away from it. Yeah, we're going to put all the links up, okay? So if you're not already in uh, the Telegram chat, we'll put all the links up there. We'll also put the links up in the description because this uh, will be available for replay. Um, and, of course, we're going to put up, you know, other things that we've mentioned, the Trump speech and all sorts of other things. All the links will be there so that you can actually see it for yourself. If you're new to this information, if you've literally only come to us through mainstream, then um, we're going to show you the evidence. Okay, now back to my setup. I'm going to play a clip now from um, Rebecca Kittredge, Director General of the uh, Security Intelligence Service. I'm going to come back to you, Amy, and I want to um, have, your, have your take on this because I believe with everything that's going on 
and the typical playbook messaging and everything else that's leading up to what they will undoubtedly, in my mind, create something in order to bring in full force and effect these hate speech laws and every other law they've got backed up the wazoo. Um, they're going to basically let rip and then do a roundup. Maybe so a that, false flag. Let's have a look. We have one problem on this planet. We have a secret government system and it's killing us. There are two others we've investigated who we would like to tell you about. Do you mind if I just play you a bit of audio? I'd just like to see or hear your reaction to this. No, I think it needs to be lawful. But they are currently facing criminal charges over alleged sabotage and threats. Contempt of court laws mean we can't, at this point, say any more. It's deeply, deeply shocking, and I think that any reasonable New Zealander would listen to that and be deeply shocked by it. All of the people on our list will tell you they are not conspiracy theorists, and they no doubt believe that's true. But it's essential to understand the conspiracy theories like QAnon feeding their beliefs, whether they realise it or not, because you'll recognise it throughout so much of what they say and do. You know, what is a human brain like? Uh, we like good stories. Uh, we like to have knowledge that is surprising and other people don't have. We like to see patterns in, in a complex information environment. And we like to go on scavenger hunts where we pick up clues. And when we have opinions, we like to connect to other people who share those opinions. This is the things that, that our human brains love doing. And what is that describing? That's describing exactly how a conspiracy like QAnon works. You want to hear about Q? It's a reality of beyond what you can imagine. QAnon began in 2017 as a specific conspiracy theory about the US Democrats and Hillary Clinton, who QAnon said were part of a global secret cabal of satanic pedophiles. Controlled by the deep state, by the cabal. Much of what they claimed had been around for years. Josie recognised it. I was lit on fire. Like, I was very excited. Josie fell down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole in 2009 and stayed deep in it for 10 years, also believing a cabal of elites was running the world. What made it believable? That's a tough one. I know at the time I thought there were, I believed there were things about how society was and ran that seemed really dog shit to me. It was, you know, the bad guys, the Illuminati, the New World Order, they were the ones making this happen. Okay, guys, uh, if anybody out there knows who Josie is, uh, we'd love to talk to him because we don't know anybody who's studied this whole conspiracy for 10 years plus and then they've just backtracked out of the whole thing. Doesn't so, happen, um, people. Anyway. It does not happen. The guy's a shill. We, I mean, would, we would know this person. Yeah, exactly. We would know this person. So, so basically, I'm sorry, but they, I've never seen him. Yeah, one at a time, one at a time. <laughs> hey, 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 this guy. Now, this whole who's Josie belongs in the same basket as where's Clark. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so are they going to do a roundup, Calvin, or... um? That's what I want to ask Amy. Amy, what do you think? With the constant messaging, the way it is, they always have laws ready. Then they create a situation to justify those laws. Do we have something else shaping up the same way? Yes, it's always possible, but uh, uh, I think it's going to be difficult for them because these notions of agent provocateurs, 
um, disrupting honest protests. Is uh, the the public is beginning to understand that this can and does happen. Um, the notion of false flags, uh, the public is understanding that this can and does happen, that it's been a tool of intelligence services, dishonest rogue intelligence services for a very long time. Um, I think there'll be a lot of eyes on any, any event they try to, to stage to get their little problem reaction solution thing going. Um, I think it's an uphill battle for them at this point. Um, too many people have seen what cannot be unseen in terms of getting wise to the tactics of the deep state. Um, I would add for your listeners um, to, to recognize that the producers and leftists um, out there who probably sympathize with this hit piece, they're guilty of their own conspiracy theories. They froth at the mouth with their conspiracy theories about Donald Trump, for example. Um, you know, they had the conspiracy theory that he colluded with Putin in 2016 to steal the election against his, Hillary. And they still haven't given that up, even though it was thoroughly debunked, not by the Kate Hannas of the world, not by some idiot saying they know things when they don't, but by a thorough investigation by Ro Robert Mueller that lasted for two years and, you know, spent about $30 trillion, I think. Don't quote me on that number, but it was in the trillions. Um, they don't let go of their conspiracy theories, even when they're false ones, even when they have been debunked. Our conspiracy theories, if you want to call them that, I call them hypotheses um, that try to capture observable data. Um, they're, they're being vindicated nearly every day. The New York Times just came out the other day with an article trying to normalize cannibalism. Um, a, a, an LGBT QRSTUV um, and I'm a gay woman, so don't call me a homophobe, please. Um, uh, therapist just came out the other day and said, we shouldn't call pedophiles pedophiles. We should call them minor attracted persons. Um, no. you, you, this, this stuff is real. It's in our faces. I think it's in our faces for a reason. People need to wake up. And I think the people like that intelligence lady who is not prepossessing to look at, let me tell you, um, are fighting an uphill battle. I don't think they'll win this one, Calvin. I don't know what's up their sleeves. Um, maybe something is, but I don't think they win this round. I think they're, I think they're desperate. I think they're panicking. Okay, I would agree. With yeah, with I was that. just going to say, Damien, you jump in here. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, I agree. I think that this is um, this is really long in the tooth. You go on to any mainstream. Um, comments section on Facebook, whether it's One News, New Zealand Herald uh, stuff, doesn't matter what the news article is. The the people are salty, man. They're fully fed up with the lies. They know enough to be pissed off, but they don't know enough yet to um, get off of their hands. Kiwis are, are kind of passive aggressive. Um, Yanks tend to be a bit more brash bravado. We tend to stick up for ourselves real quick. Um, but New Zealanders um, will find out what's going on. And while some of them will stand up and, and, uh, and, and sort of fight back, many will just simply uh, ignore the mainstream. We know this for a long, long time. Their commercial model is failing. They don't have a, a commercial model in the media system. Uh, they are they're only getting by because of the government handout and it's all propaganda most people are beginning to see that uh, the more that they push back on people like us um, the more it comes across as being punitive as not being objective of being actually heavy-handed and bullying I think they're that is more on our side than 
um, I think maybe we even give ourselves credit for that we we do have more way more support um, than we think. Okay, anyone else, um, Kyle, uh, Carleen, would anything else uh, any of you want to ask um, Amy anything to um, benefit from her expertise at Dwarf Dwarfs Hate uh, Hate Hate Canners, uh, Kate Hanna. <laughs> Can I just follow up on what, what Damien said? Yeah. Uh, honestly, there's hardly a day goes by that I don't walk into a supermarket or a shop and have someone come up and recognise me from the internet that follows my videos, that that just wants to say hi. Brilliant. You know, that, that, that's the real-life support that we get. It happens to me all the time. It happened to me today, just before I came on here, went to the dairy, a um, little gang of homies in there, and one of them called me by name and, you know, just they make a couple of jokes and, you know, it's like, and none of them had masks on. <laughs> Brilliant. You know, so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool how, how um, we're actually getting the support of people, even though the, the media try to make it look like we're not. So. Yeah. Um, and just on that too, the mainstream media hate the fact that people are starting to listen to us. Now we need, I feel we need to justify why, people are starting to listen and it's quite simple i'll put it to you in the very most simple terms that even the intellectually challenged and mainstream media can understand it <clears throat> it's because we're telling the truth you see it doesn't matter how you package a lie it's still a lie people know inherently what the truth is you can spin it all over the place you can add your narratives you can put as many fancy videos together and commentaries by people who wouldn't know shit from clay and you can pretend you have all the answers we come on and we say but wait what about this and then people say actually i think the same and their narrative comes crashing down and i will repeat myself ad nauseum <clears throat> and i know hannah sometimes gets annoyed with me when i do this but well i don't really care I'm going to do it anyway. And it's live, so she can't really stop me. I want to see, and I think the people of this country deserve to see that unredacted Pfizer contract. Because I guarantee what's in there will not be good reading. We know in some countries, the government was made to agree to purchase up to seven jabs per eligible person that they were going after. So you know already with a deal like that before these rollouts begin, that there's something wrong with it because it's not going to work. What it is doing is giving a good smashing to your immune system. None of these people have ever told you about how to <clears throat> fortify your own immune system. Go out and get some sun. Forget the Cancer Foundation and all those people who pretend to have your best interests at heart because they do not. Their own sunscreen was found to be highly carcinogenic. The sun you need. Minerals vitamins that are not heavily smashed from trails from the air or 1080 poison or getting fluoridated to hell in the water you drink and you'd survive very well i also want to see what's in those so-called vaccines the experimental bioweapon that's killing people factually killing people okay let's bring carlene on carlene have you got hey, any me off. Have, no, off well i thought that, i thought that i hadn't finished 
Oh, that's okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. I thought there yeah, was a on. break and I thought I would just. No, I was, I was delivering it. All right. Well, carry on. <laughs> no, oh, I, will, I will wrap up at the When we wrap up at the end, I'm going to mute you and then I will delay it down. So let's go. Oh, I was just going to invite <laughs> Carlene on at this point if she's got any questions for Amy uh, or any comments. And then what we're going to do is move into the next part of the documentary, which um, then really starts unraveling this whole Q thing. Uh, of course, the BBC did a whole massive uh, um, series on Q as well. So, yeah, is there any merit to it? I mean, yeah, have you got any questions for Amy before we go down that track? Um, okay. If you had unlimited resources financially um support wise um what approach would you take using the law to actually hammer this mainstream media for this hit piece like would a civil action with all of us coming together to do a civil action against them would would that be even worthwhile even going into their system to fight them? Yes, the law of defamation is a wonderful tool. It's a wonderful tool. And there were, there were repeated insu in insinuations in that piece that we were fomenting violence through our speech, repeated ins insinuations, and that we were racist. Um, How difficult would that process be for us if we were to consider that? We'd have to find counsel um that would probably have to be willing to do it on a on a on a pro bono basis um meaning uh, for free or at least a contingency basis meaning they get paid once we win a judgment um and they get paid out of that judgment not up front um and i think it would be very successful i'd have to listen to the hit piece again um extremely closely but i'm quite certain um on my quick listen uh, initial listen that there were defamatory statements. Certainly, they, as I mentioned, they defamed, uh, Carlene, they defamed me when they said I resigned after I made the comment about the Christchurch shootings. That was outright and extremely actionable defamation um, and the result of, um, well, gross, necklace, uh, uh, gross negligence at the very least might have been intentional. So, you know, uh, there's a possibility of getting exemplary damages there. Um, I, I think we could all recover something, certainly. We just have to find counsel to represent us. Thank you. Um, another question I have for everyone, actually, is why do we think that they, they selected us? Right, because there's some key people that are actually out there fighting right now. Um, I've actually stepped back from social media because we're actually doing work in the background um, that requires a lot of my time. But Brian Tamaki, right? A lot of the a lot of the activism and protests that he's organised, um, he should have been on there. Um, where's Brad Flutie? You know why? Why did they single each of us out? And I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, go ahead. You, someone else go. I talked a lot. Uh, no, you know, I, I would just personally say, um, so the Freedom and Rights Coalition were actually quite late to the party. Like, you know, the, the, the freedom movement actually, like in New Zealand, started very early on in that, that first half of 2020. Um, and it, it picked up a whole lot of steam. Um, and of course, you know, the guys in Christchurch were just holding it down. They were like the light for the whole country for a long time. Um, and so I think these 
so-called disinformation experts have been meticulously going through everything with a fine-tooth comb on on all of kind of those of us who started way back in 2020. And of course, people like Damien have been making videos since longer than that. And obviously Kyle and Calvin um, have been doing their thing for, you know, a decade or more um so i think and, and carlene you obviously popped up on their radar very early on so i probably think that because freedom of rights only really picked up steam in terms of the freedom movement in 20 uh, in late 2021 in october that they're they're probably <coughs> got a hit piece coming up on them i would say um i mean well they Bri- get hit pieces all yeah, the time yeah brian tamaki's no stranger um to this whole uh trying to take him down through that the destiny church but they've all i think the timing of this documentary they they did it well because obviously the freedom rights coalition have got their event on the 23rd with this whole um people's court calvin what do you think i'll tell you why uh none, none of them were included because they they don't fit the narrative. Remember, this is all about white supremacy. It's all about uh, radical neo-Nazi types who have taken someone like Carlene and brainwashed her, and now she's under some magic spell. Um, because unfortunately, apparently, according to them, she had she lacks a brain cell, a functioning brain cell, to be able to decide for herself. So the white oppressor has to come along and um, <clears throat> make it work for her. Now that is like. Hannah said, not only demeaning, it's disgusting thought. Um, These people use and weaponize race. And they've been doing it for a long time. The messaging has been clear from the start. What they're going to do, while they're not trying to kill off most of the, you know, the old protect your fucker papa, while they're not trying to kill off most of them with this jab, the rest, they're saying, hey, you're victims, you're stupid, you can't look after yourself, you have to basically let let us do everything for you, we have to create your own health system, we have to create uh, everything to basically treat you with kit gloves because you're that damn useless. If you want to annihilate uh, any sort of race, that's how you treat them. Instead of empowering them and saying, you know what, you are good enough, you have the brains, you have the style and you can do this. Don't tell me in this day and age that people um, don't have the opportunity. It's like women saying, oh, we're so oppressed. This country is run by bloody women. And it's in one of the worst states it's ever been. So don't give me that feminazi crap either. (laughs) Well, okay. So, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, we could speculate. I think, yeah, like Calvin says, there'd be far too many brown faces in the Freedom Rights Coalition to fit their narrative. Um, One more thing, sorry. Case in point, do you remember when uh, the news were asking about all the people that they wanted uh, for riots and all that? Everyone was a brown face. Not one was a white one. Um, But that, again, doesn't fit the narrative of this um, of this film or this hit piece you see because the brown brothers joined with the white brothers and sisters of course and we went together they have to break that because if they can break that they break the country but we're not letting that happen it's so funny one of the um from the documentary there's this one little snip and it's a sound bite and it's this moldy fella down in wellington and he is like jacinda and there's like fires in the background like jacinda (laughs) Why didn't you come down and just talk to us? We just wanted to talk. And that's it. Like, we just want to have an opportunity to talk with the people around us in influence who could improve our situations, except they just keep a barge pole. Like, it doesn't matter where we protest. The media will never, ever give us the opportunity to be heard um, as we intend to be heard. Instead, it's they will take whatever little clips they can get and they will segment it together and stitch together some sort of contrived crap to make us look bad. What I find so insulting is if you look behind me, 
the yellow that's behind me, this is a snippet from a police investigation um, that was leaked onto WikiLeaks. And this police investigation is from here in New Zealand. It's about Rangi Kimara. And in there in yellow, it says Kimara talking about tungsten projectiles, 223s, and about how they will go through the cop vest and through the cop and his fucking mate next to him. And then Kimara talking about the day when Pakiha people will be removed from their farms. Now, this Rangi Kimara dude is one of the key people who was involved in this documentary and even got a special mention uh, from the producers of it. Okay, I find this disgusting that Tepunaha Maritini has literally linked arms with a terrorist who wanted to use violence to enact whatever evil he wanted to. And now today, because of just the warped mindset of the left, he's held up as some sort of moral authority. I find it to be disgusting that someone who's paid by our government can sit here and dox me, dox my mother, actually supports Antifa, accuses a Polynesian man of being a white supremacist, um, and says that basically uh, white people don't deserve to be in New Zealand. Man, I'm sorry, but this was a really big, big mistake to produce this documentary. That's how I feel, um, and that's all I've got to say about the matter. No, I'm 100% in agreement with you on that. All right, should we play the next? Oh, you got a comment? Yep, yep. This is always saying mainstream media, because we know your journalistic horse, you've sold us out, but this is always saying, prove us wrong. Ask the, answer the questions that we've been asking. Give us the information we have been demanding. <clears throat> then you'll find the truth of the matter. Simple as that. All right. So let's move on with the documentary. This next um, clip is, it's really funny. The last bit they end on is, it's going to make you laugh. So let's roll <laughs> clip eight. When a lot of the milestones that, uh, that came and went in the QAnon's original conspiracy theory, that Donald Trump on a particular day was going to arrest all of the democratic elites across America. Now that didn't happen. QAnon didn't go away. It merely uh, evolved to change their opinions and to incorporate everything else from anti-vaccinations to anti-pandemic lockdown measures. With one omnipresent clarion call, QAnon uh, were expert at this. Um, they put out something that is a very value-laden term in the United States, which is freedom. And they found that that was a, a wonderfully unifying banner for not just people in the US, but people around the world. It's such a unifying term, one of our key groups put it in its name. And you'll notice that's why they don't put a banner on their website saying, we are anti-vaxxer. Anti they put a banner on their website saying, we love freedom. You know, of course they're gonna label us anti-vaxxers and we know we're not. We are for pro-medical freedom, for non-discrimination, for non-coercion. Oh, okay, yes, sorry, there we go. Um, So, look, I mean, Voices for Freedom gets a massive portion of this um, documentary as well because they have done such great work. They've got a really clear set of um, topics they talk about and they really promote uh, the freedom of choice when it comes to the vaccine, regardless of what their their own personal views are around vaccines in general. Um, and they are just so totally not a Q group. I mean, they, they, they actually make um, a real effort to stay away from anybody that talks about Q because they've got their kind of lane that they stay in. <coughs> so to even suggest that that um, logo of theirs is in reference to Q, I mean, you got have you guys been drinking the Kool-Aid or what? Gone a bridge too far. In fact, if anyone went to school, because I know most of you did, I mean, it's a state, 
sponsored propaganda um, enterprise where we're just tuning out kids now to be confused, little gender, you know, pronouns speaking um, ideologues. But anyway, it's a speech bubble. Whenever we were at school, we were told if we would draw a little stick figure man and we put a little speech bubble with a little thing like that and you put words in it. So it gives the impression that that is who is saying hey, what. But Kelvin, maybe, Jeez, maybe and you actually how much money did you spend on this crap? Seriously. But maybe these researchers have been so far down the rabbit hole that they have finally realized that some symbols will be their downfall. <laughs> well, a speech bubble, I suppose, is. I mean, that's why they're trying to look. I tell you what, this is what's coming next. The speech bubble is going to be on the band list, just like the Christchurch massacre video is going to be on the ban list and get 14 years for sharing it. I'm thinking of sharing it. <laughs> okay. Now, um, this might be a good opportunity. I don't know if you, if you guys want to have this discussion, but um, about vaccines in general, I mean, it's another label. I, I'll quite happily wear, wear the anti-vax label at this point. And, and um, Paula Penfold, actually, the the um, journalist behind this piece, she actually did a piece back in 2015 about the Gardasil vaccine and how 200,000 girls in New Zealand had actually taken it and that there were actually serious <laughs> adverse reactions because of it and deaths. And these are all documented all around the world well paula so, did you forget about that so paula penfold um go and watch that documentary it was released on um the 9th of november 2015 and she actually gives these vaccine injured a voice and this is the whole point that the vax injured are not getting a voice so d does anybody want to talk about that um vaccines in general um i'll put my hand up i'm an anti-vaxxer hey I'll okay just, I'll, I'll, i will say Categorically, this is not a vaccine by any stretch of the imagination. I've always said it from the start. I'm sick of people calling it a vaccine because it's not. It's a bioweapon. It is killing people. That is a fact. The government are now certified serial killers. All right. I'd like to say something. All right. Off you go, Kyle. Um, yeah, I, I also think it's a bioweapon. Uh, it obviously comes from China. We know that <clears throat> China, being a communist country, does not care much for people with health problems, elderly, all those kind of things. And quite pro quite possibly it was, um, you know, created to um, kill off a few weak people in their eyes. And, you know, and then the vaccine comes along and it's um, quite probable that that is also for that purpose, as we know, um, Agenda 2030 is coming up. Um, but, you know, the, the reality is, um, even if you take away the so-called conspiracy theories, it's an it's an experimental medication that doesn't get approved until about 2025. Um, everything that's happening now is based on, um, um, you know, government or political um, intervention into the medical procedure. So, you know, the um, the lack of long-term data actually makes um, even being around people that uh, or big groups of people that are vaccinated potentially dangerous and you know i am an anti this medication i believe in complete freedom of choice and if people want to take an ejection that's going to kill them that's their choice but you know at least let them know that that's actually what's happening you know give them the information tell them the stats show them all the graveyards you know my mum just died a couple of months ago and every time i go to her grave there's a funeral there and there's um you know heaps more plots that are filled up around her when she was first buried, it was, you know, there was heaps of empty stuff. It's definitely happening. You know, I've, I've watched those videos there, Nomura and all that stuff. 
Uh, people are dying. They're ignoring. Oh, I will just can I just just um just interrupt there, Kyle. Just because that Omaru video did go viral this week, like around around the globe. Um, we did uh, we didn't put it up just because we wanted to get a verification about it. And yesterday or the day before, that woman who posted it, she actually came out and said uh, that she's retracting it because the council had actually um come out and said that what they were doing there was because of the weather and the flooding and and something to do with the weather they had to re-dig a whole lot of the the graves and and re top them re-top them or yeah what so basically in that particular Omaru video where they said there was 92 fresh graves yes there mate there is I think we can all agree an excess mortality rate but I don't necessarily think it's that high so just um just yeah. be careful about that video. And we actually went to three graveyards ourselves um, on Saturday. And in those ones that we went to, anyway, we didn't see anything kind of unusual at this point. But yeah, I mean. Bearing in mind, a lot of people are opting for cremation instead. So yeah. that's not where you're going to yeah. find the numbers. Sorry. Anyway, well, as you were. I was, at a, I was at a meeting on Thursday night and there was a guy that does um, celebrate, celebrant um, stuff there. And he said that funerals are now often back to back during the day. You used to get your hour, and then if a few people had a sob story, you could go over, but now you can't. You get your hour, then you're out the door, and the next funeral's in. So I've heard, heard that from a few people that are involved in the funeral industry. So there's definitely an increase in deaths. Well, one thing we can confirm, we, we will have three funeral directors, and Barmers and that, on the show shortly, um, within the next couple of weeks, that will be bringing us facts and evidence, including imagery of the blood clots that have been pulled out a lot of these people that they're embalming and a marked increase in the in, in the dead that are coming before them. So that there is unequivocal. You cannot fudge that. So we will be bringing them, one in New Zealand, one in the UK, and one in the US. So this is an opportunity as well. If you are uh, in any industry across the country where you're seeing any um adverse reactions or you're seeing an increase in death or, or just disease and, and and wellness, then be a whistleblower. We can we can get your story out. You don't have to put your name out there. You don't even have to put your face out there. But do contact us, info at counterspinmedia.com. We need to get this information out and help Kiwis realise that this is happening up and down the country and all around the world. Um, did anybody else want to make a comment about vaccines in general or this particular vaccine? Or, Can you know, we please bio not call it the vaccine? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, vaccines in general, I'll stand by the work of RFK, Robert F. Kennedy. I think he's probably said almost everything that needs to be said. With regard to the COVID vaccines, I'll stand by the work of Dr. David Martin and Dr. Robert Malone. Um, these are unimpeachable experts and they've been heavily censored um, by, by the mainstream. And, you know, there's the problem with censorship right there. A lot of people don't know that highly qualified experts in the fields of uh, that, that, that regard vaccination science are being censored. In fact, just on that, um, Dr. Anthony Fauci. The real Anthony Fauci. The real Anthony Fauci, written by um, Robert, yeah. Robert Kennedy Jr., um, is full of facts and evidence a very, very damning to Fauci and his organization and the control of funding to see who gets what because these people produce the best results money can purchase. Not once have they come at him for defamation. Not once. And he slams them. He draws the connections. He shows the money, uh, the monetary flow and who's benefiting from it. 
And it's funny, the same people who are pushing the narrative are benefiting from it. Now, if Robert Kennedy was in fact wrong, they would be going after him guns blazing, but they have not moved against him, which is why they're not moving against some of us, because they know some of us have been playing this game for a long time. And this is an operation. This is a two-part operation that's been going simultaneously run, their side and our side. It's getting now to <clears throat> the end of its run. The operation concludes soon, and they are going to lose. I can tell you that now. And it's going to be epic. And I'd just like to bring up uh, one more link here as well by Russell L. Blaylock. He's an author and retired U.S. neurosurgeon. Um, and he actually wrote an article um, back in 2021. And this is actually available on PubMed. And we're going to put the link in the description below because this is COVID-19 pandemic. What is the truth? The ongoing pandemic involving se severe acute respiratory syndrome known as coronavirus, coronavirus um, has several characteristics that make it unique into the, in the history of pandemics. So he basically goes on to destroy the whole narrative. And this is on pubmed.gov. That is um, a place that you can get very very um very noteworthy and and um and well uh written articles that are backed up peer reviewed NIH uh you know so <laughs> and it must be it must be noted at this point that no SARS-CoV-2 narrative backing piece of propaganda has ever been peer reviewed why because they rip it to pieces every single time okay it does not exist people you were conned if you have to take multiple jabs, if you have to constantly um, wear masks despite being fully jabbed, if you constantly get sick despite being fully jabbed, and a lot of your mates who are fully jabbed are actually dying and getting sick and still passing it on, you it's time to admit you were conned. You were absolutely unequivocally conned. Let that sit with you. Okay, so this next um, clip that we're going to play, which is clip nine, this is furthering the, basically the underlying theme of this whole thing is that everybody's a far right white supremacist um, fascist. So they talk about the features uh, of fascistic ideas within the freedom movement. So this is Kate Hanna again. We ask Telegram about its role in the spread of content like this. We get no response. New Zealand will move to alert level four from 11.59pm tonight. In these flourishing chat rooms, August 17, 2021 marks a turning point. Researchers notice the big posters and their audiences becoming much more active and for longer. And we were seeing spikes um, early in the morning, in the middle of the day, and then late into the night. So people were clearly spending too much time on the internet. I'm not going to be told what to do by some legal fiction government who's making out that there's some sort of health crisis going on right now, and I literally see no one dying, okay? This is all bullshit. Sorry, guys, that wasn't the clip I thought it was going to be, but too much time on the internet, Calvin. Yes, oh, I'm there all the time. Look at us, we're right there right now with you, you good people. How dare you awaken to the truth? Now, did you see the comparison between Kate Hanna and Jacinda Ardern? They went to the same school of expression. Those hands cranked 90 miles an hour as they try to pump in that information to bring you to the dark side. But I know you're resisting because you're on the right side. <clears throat> as I would say, the far, far right side. Um, as opposed to the wrong side. Also, another part that uh, added to the con that people 
didn't seem to realize is when they were deciding on level four lockdowns. Do you remember? She comes out with that grimace looking face. She's got a little, you know, the podium of bullshit. And she's saying in two days at 11.59 p.m., we will be moving because it's so bloody urgent. Everyone's dying. <clears throat> it's going to take two days until 11.59 uh, p.m., stress the p.m., to lock you all down. Because the virus it's, somehow it's so knows true. the bloody time. It knows it's so the true. Yep. There was such a lack of urgency. The whole through COVID and all the lockdown, there was a lack of like personal fear or urgency from any of these <clears throat> politicians around the so-called virus that, that we were all needing to be hiding from. And I was like, shouldn't these people be more concerned? And the fact that they weren't told you everything you need to know. Yeah. I mean, and, and don't forget the, the, the so-called virus is vertically challenged as well. It, it it knows measurements. If you're sitting at a restaurant table with your mask off, it can't get to you. But you go above a certain height, it's like a ninja. It has got you. It's going to wrestle you to the ground, and you're going to be in a body bag soon. And if you manage to struggle free, and you run away, and you jump on the, one of those little special stickers they had on the floor for the idiots that used them, um, you are safe as houses. And he would just circle you like a shark in the water, waiting. Dun-dun. 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 God, can can anyone see this is the one of the biggest psychological warfare operations ever committed against you in living history? Come on. And our kids, do you want to hear this one? This pisses me off more than anything. I have been to plenty of stores and I don't wear my mask. I'm I'm exempt and uh but of all the stores that I typically go to in, I don't know, a month's period, I go into Toy World. It doesn't matter if it's Toy World at Silverdale or Toy World in Albany. They're the biggest Nazis. Every single person behind that counter, even if they're 30 or 40 feet away from you, they will ask you, do you have a mask? And I'm thinking to myself, this is like the innocence of a toy store and my son looks at me with these big eyes like do you do you have a mask dada and 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 i'm what is it teaching my kid what is my kid gonna grow up thinking walking down the grocery aisle and half the people are like scared looking wearing masks and the other half of us are are pissed off and frustrated because we just want a normal life again like i this is the sort of maddening world we live in where it's going to take years for our own children to unravel the confusion that these Marxists have injected into our lives. Makes me annoyed. Amy, have you got something to add to that? Pardon me? Have you got anything to add to that? Or do you want to move on to big tech censorship? Because that was kind of the topic that they were talking about now. Because it's like they say, and they go, oh, you can go on Telegram, you know, and and, and we tried to stop Telegram from actually <coughs> getting them to allowing people to post this stuff, mm. um, you know, but Jacinda Ardern has, has recently signed, uh, or, you know, the New Zealand big tech companies have recently signed a, a voluntary agreement to actually continue to censor people's speech here in New Zealand. And it is just shocking. Um, of course, Russia heavily fining Google, um, but, you know, and, and and remember when she went to France and didn't she talk to Macron and um, Jack Dorsey from Twitter, I think. But Jacinda is really leading the way with um, shutting people's speech down in, in, in collaboration with big tech. She's working on a report card. What do you say, yeah, Amy? 
Well, that I mean, that's a defining characteristic of a Nazi regime, the merger of the government with the media. And essentially, and it can be the media meaning, you know, news outlets like uh, News Hub or Spinoff or whatever, but it, it can also be big tech. And there's evidence now emerging that the Biden White House is working very closely with the social media giants to make sure that their message gets out, that people critical of their message on a whole range of issues are censored and deplatformed. So this is government basically merging with big tech and with the news outlets um, to control the news flow and, and the expression of opinion. This, this is fascism, the merger of government power and corporate power to control the people. That is fascism. Yeah. So the Kate Hannahs of the world say, we're the fascists. Actually, definitionally speaking, no, 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 no. The social media giants and the, and the, and the government who's bidding they're doing, they are the fascists and Kate Hannah is defending them and defending the censorship that they employ. It's ridiculous. And I should also mention, of course, the utter ridiculousness of platforms like YouTube and Twitter when they de-platform. You know, they can't have it both ways. They're either a publisher or a platform. They're trying to be both. You're, you have to choose. You're either a publisher like the New York Times or you're a platform like the telephone company. You can't be both. YouTube and Twitter like to have all the benefits, the financial, tax, whatever, being a platform. And then they want to editorialize by kicking people off when those when the people express messages they disagree with. You cannot be both. You're either the New York Times or the telephone company. Yeah. And so it's and they've gotten a free. They've uh, they've been allowed it wrongfully by the legislative authorities in all our countries to be both. That is absolutely wrongful and, and and it needs to be redressed yeah hopefully that will change very soon what about you Colleen? i mean what, what what's your own personal experience with uh censorship how many Shadow banning. how many facebook pages have you are you on now um, i'm on number five <laughs> um i've had i've lost two telegram pages and the last time i was banned was because we were trying to find forever homes for our daughter's puppies um her her dog had given birth to six puppies and she didn't want to have them all. So we went about helping her to find forever homes. And apparently that was deemed um, radical. So I was um, banned for, I think it was like 30 days um, due to that post. And, but that was during our, the beginning of our last tour. I, I think we we're only like, on our second week and I was only posting very short videos to my personal page because we had created a whole new page for the tour. Um, but they ended up pretty much shutting that down by the third week. They gave us a six day ban. Uh, so it's, it's been really hard for us and probably the last since Wellington. Okay. Pretty much since Wellington, the censorship for us has been um, right up there with some of the worst. But I do want to mention this, though. In that hit piece, now right throughout the protest in Wellington, our media or this mainstream media, right, some of their reports kept reporting that there was only like three to 400 people at Parliament, right? In this hit piece, they actually prove all of that wrong when they state um, that pretty much most days that there were at least 3,000 people there, right, every day. So they've actually gone and contradicted themselves. So they're getting really sloppy um, with everything that they're doing. Um, so if censorship is 
the punishment um, in order to push them into the light, then, hey, censor away. What about you, Kyle? You, you've probably experienced a whole lot of um, censorship and banning, <laughs> I imagine, too. How many accounts have you had? About 80 on 80? Facebook. Geez, that must be the record. Yeah. I've never heard of someone having that many accounts taken. Some of it was when, when I was very political, though. I'd lose one about every week. <laughs> and you're still there. And you're still rocking. Wow. That's the definition of madness, isn't it? Doing Re- the same thing over again. just really determined. Yeah. I didn't finish my quote. <laughs> Because there's a whole lot of people on Facebook and um, mainstream media uh, or mainstream um, social media platforms that just struggle to move over, eh, to more uncensored ones. We're creatures of habit. Well, I love it. And I, I mean, Calvin got me onto Signal and I love it now. I use it for everything. Oh, geez. They're going to use that now, Kyle. They're going to come mm-hmm. after us and say, those, oh, they've got something going on on Signal. Be careful. It's actually, it's like when I, like I said, put up that Operation Reclaim. Uh, uh, basically a a a tactic to use in any sort of situation Um, because I was asked what would you do so I said when asked what I would do this is how I would do it so I was asked for my opinion I put it out there all of a sudden everyone's saying oh no look at this guy he's threatening this and he's threatening that I'll tell you what I'm threatening I'm threatening that if you if one of my kids die because of your shit that you're trying to push, I will be coming after you and there's not a police line. As I've said before, that you can erect that I won't smash through to get those responsible. Fact. Take that to the bank and get interest on it. Because it's gonna happen if one of my kids go down because of it. Any father worth their salt would do the same thing. We're here to protect the kids. We all talk about kids of the future and we go on ad nauseum all this long with the dribble. But in practice, you don't give a rat's ass about the children because you're destroying the families that are feeding them. You are ripping apart the families that are trying to bring them up. You are indoctrinating them in the schools with crap they don't need before they've even decided what they want to do in life or what interests them. You're trying to confuse them to start making them look at themselves and self-hate and change their bloody gender. Why? Because it's to normalize what you really want and you want to fiddle with them. We know it. That's why people like Carleen and others are coming after you. We have so many attack vectors on you, and you are only one group. You're only a small group. With the media, you try to make out that you are the majority. You're not. You are not the majority by any stretch of the imagination. I tell you now, we are going to bring you down. And from all of those people who say, oh, you're Funded by Steve Bannon. I'll tell you something right now. We're not funded by Steve Bannon. I've never personally met or spoken to the guy. But I'll tell you what, I would stand by him in a heartbeat because he is on the right side of this as well. So take that to the bank. You can actually write that, you lefty morons. You can say Calvin Alpes said he would stand by Steve Bannon in a heartbeat. I would do that every day of the week. And I'll even do it twice on Sunday just to say, look, conservatives rule. Okay, now I'm not conservative, I'm not liberal, I'm nothing. Okay, I just have the idea of what I think is right and what I think is wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, by all means, but give me the facts and evidence so I can have that paradigm shift. Otherwise, you're full of shit and your opinion matters not to me. I'm all about looking after the kids and stopping you killing them and their families and destroying what little we have of this country while using and weaponizing race to divide us. Not going to happen, people. We're winning this and that's why you're trying to come after us. Well, bring it on. We've already won this fight. You just don't know it yet. So what about um great great monologue there, Calvin? Another great one. Another rant. Um, um, Damien, what about you in terms of free speech? Like it's such a fundamental essence of democracy, and you know, um, being kind of half American as well. You know, I just 
find America such a beacon of hope at the moment. Um, how many uh, Facebooks have you lost? Are you still on Facebook? I mean, I think you lost a YouTube nah, channel and a Twitter I, channel. I know. I'm not on. I'm not on Facebook. I'm, I lost my Facebook account, uh, and it's my Facebook account that I've had from the very start of Facebook. It was my own personal account that I had forever. Wow. Uh, and it was March 16th. I lost it, and I lost it along the same night that the Convoy lost theirs. I think Voices for Freedom lost their their page the same night, and it was because we had all released a letter that was issued by New Zealand doctors speaking out with science um, and New Zealand lawyers speaking out with science. And it was, I think it was like a 20 page letter that was sent to Andrew Coster, the police commissioner. Uh, and it not only was just one letter, uh, it was a series of letters that has have definitely all been received by Andrew Coster. But as far as I know, to this date, six months later, Andrew Coster has never responded to the New Zealand doctors or New Zealand lawyers speaking out with science. Mm -hmm. uh, and that for me is if we can't even get the media to listen to us about our concerns as citizens about why it is our police commissioner won't address these 19 or 20 pages of very clear evidence of uh, medical malpractice and harm that are coming from the Pfizer vaccine, um, then we're never going to get a real shake at free speech. And, you know, free speech in New Zealand is only free if you're on that side of the argument. Um, for us, you have to pay a high price. Yeah, it, it's and, and this is a massive, like I said, a big part of uh, the the freedom movement you know when we all went to wellington it was just so heartbreaking 120 uh politicians refusing to come and just have the conversation you know jacinda ardern in her speech at harvard trying to talk about all this thing that we've got to bridge the gap and we've got to actually come together and get the two sides to talk they don't even give us a chance nobody was interviewed for this documentary they just took what they found online and because they don't want to give us kind of extra airtime. i mean as far as i'm concerned all the media journalists who refuse to actually interview any of us or any of the experts on our side are aiding and abetting uh, genocide of the population, along with, you know, all the, you know, whether we've got to like call out some of the police as well. Like you guys have to step up. Like there is a crime happening. Um, there are people colluding, as Calvin said, you know, they're not releasing the Pfizer jab. This is big pharma in collusion with big tech and, and government and, um, you know that that they're rolling out an agenda. It doesn't take a genius to work it out, and maybe it's going to take a few of you a little bit more time. But if we can find out this information, there's no reason why you can't find out this information. And hey, if we're wrong, like seriously, if we're wrong, what is the problem with us talking about it? Like if we are actually insane, as many people want to try and make us out to be, why not just laugh at us and let us be in our little echo chambers of insanity? Like. It's not that big of a deal. We don't need to be locked up and we certainly don't need um, people actually coming after us because they're going to even try uh, mental health um, orders on people and, and you know, the, this, this hate speech bill and everything. It is literally just to stop people telling the truth. They will say that it's to stop anti or to stop Islamophobia or, you know, stop minorities having their feelings hurt. No, it's about you not being able to hear people like us talk about new ideas that actually make you have a paradigm shift and make you realize that there is a 1% of uh, higher ups that are colluding to actually keep you enslaved and keep you from waking up to the corruption. I'd say it's less than that, to be honest. Oh, yeah, less, but... Um, 
So did you want to make another point, Kevin, or should we move to the next uh, clip? I'll just go to the next clip because I want to start bringing them all in on other stuff as well. Because remember, this hit piece was against all of us. And that's why we're here now to respond to it. And uh, basically just bring some common sense to the and, and logic and reason. I know it's, I know, I know. Common sense has taken a back um, a, a backstage pass. It's gone. And we've got lunacy in its place, but let's hope we can wrestle that back. So thanks to all of you who are still with us. This is a mammoth episode and most likely um, because everyone made it and and our small team has put in the hard yards today, we probably won't bring you alive tomorrow. But we don't have much longer to go, so hang in there if you're still with us. Um, otherwise, if you do need to go to bed, then you can check this out on the replay and we will be putting all the links in, as we said. So um, we're kind of like... I'm not sure exactly where we're at in the clip lineup, but let's see what we've got and we'll comment. We'll come back for comment. Yeah. A lot of people do ask about the Nuremberg Code. W- what is your take on the Nuremberg Code? The plan for Nuremberg 2.0 takes off where politicians, public servants, academics, journalists, anyone judged to have committed a crime against humanity would be tried and could be hung. People can up or down vote who most deserves to be punished. And it's brandished as if it does have authority. Does it? Absolutely not. Patently ridiculous. So the Nuremberg Code is the code of basically professional medical ethics that grew out of the Nuremberg trials in the uh, post-World War II era, where Nazis, medical practitioners and other scientists were tried for crimes against humanity. And those were some of the worst known crimes against um, human beings in, in living history. All right, we're back. Okay, so basically what, should we just get rid of medical ethics now? Don't you find that alarming? Okay, here's a dean of a, of a law school, a complete tool. You have to say it. She's a tool. She sits there like Jabba the Hutt's missus, right? She's on a little perch. <laughs> if you know and watch Star Wars, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, she's sitting there. And she has the cheek to say, oh, it's patently false. Now, that was actually in reference to Rainer Filmich, uh, who's an international lawyer, German one, who has got a lot of very well-reasoned, uh, well-resourced experts that are completely destroying their narrative. And they're doing it with facts and evidence, like we do on Counterspin all the time to the mainstream. That's why you can't get us. Um, so here she is talking about medical ethics. Oh, no, the Nuremberg uh code because people were talking about Nuremberg 2.0 having these politicians up on charges for basically the same thing uh, because it is pretty much the same thing she's trying to say patently false uh you know the Nuremberg just glossed over the Nuremberg was created um uh, it's where the medical ethics came from why because they didn't want people illegally experimented on with I don't know medication that was harming them much like we've got now so for you to sit there and dismiss this, being a law dean, the legal system is stuffed. That's why we're getting no justice. That's why I told you judicial reviews are useless as tits on a ball. Courts are the creatures of statute. They can only do what their masters have set the parameters for them to do and decide. That's why they try to move away from jury trials where you people with your common sense logic reason and your ability to critical think can sit there and decide for yourself and you despite what the judge says can overrule him you are god in that courtroom you are the ones who decide and that's where we want to take it i want to be charged with a criminal offense i want this shit and 
to a court with a jury, and I promise you we will win that case. It, we will win. We can't not. We have the facts and evidence, and that's why they don't. So all you trolls out there, that's why I'm not getting arrested at the moment. If they do, they'll probably do a Graham Phillip on me and put me in the back, and I'll never see the light of day for a while while they continuously uh, do the slow march to justice. Okay, and so that is why uh, the 23rd in Wellington, whether you um, like Brian Tamaki or not, whether you agree with Destiny Church or not, whether you like the Freedom Rights Coalition or not, whether you agree with them or not, is irrelevant. Get to Wellington just to witness and be part of this people's yep. court because we like, like Rainer Fulmich, you know, he, he's done this grand jury to present the information to, to you, the, the public. public that the mainstream media won't. And of course, like Calvin's outlined, the judicial system is corrupt. So uh, let's go to our panel for a bit of a comment about that Nuremberg 2.0. Amy, what are the chances and uh, how do you see it playing out over the next year or two as the um, big lie starts to be exposed? I love the concept of Nuremberg 2.0. I think the equivalency is absolutely clear. Okay. Um, you know what we need for its success, though? We need, we need some heavy hitters to get behind that. Uh, and that means state actors. I would like to see Russia get behind it. He has no love for Nazis, that Putin. And he knows exactly what's going on with the Western jabs. Um, and if he wanted to have a little asymmetric warfare, he would begin to ask questions openly about that. You know, he's in Ukraine cleaning out the biolabs, the Western murderous biolabs, and the Russians are now accusing the West of um, basically originating COVID-19 in the Ukraine biolabs that came out last week. The Russians are coming out swinging, and now they, they can take that further by talking about crimes uh, against humanity in relation to the vaccines. Um, so I love Nuremberg 2.0. I think it's completely opposite and germane and the moral equivalency and the legal equivalency as between then, you know, World War II and now is crystal clear to me. Yeah. Excellent. Damien, what are your thoughts? Man, I would never give up my ticket for Nuremberg 2.0, not in a million years. I don't care uh, how long um, I have to hold people on my shoulder for them to get a good view, too. Um, this is, I feel like, the direction we are ultimately going to go. Because while it might be startling for some people to go, oh, wait a minute, Nuremberg, whoa, this sounds really intense. No, intense is when we start getting into the real nitty gritty of the detail about how all these people who've taken the vaccine are now truly biologically stuffed. You know, their autoimmune system is fried and the, the amount of pushback is going to be staggering. So Nuremberg, all day, bring it. Transparency, trials. Uh, juries bringing out the evidence let's get it on so so it definitely won't be run by jacinda ardern and the most transparent government in the world then so she, she won't be a part of that because you did mention transparency and she is anything but yeah sorry i didn't mean to bring that in i know <laughs> i really should never have associated transparency and jacinda ardern. But seriously it's like freedom and virtues right you know hey. <laughs> all right what about you Colleen? what do you think nuremberg 2.0 is it going to happen is it not it's inevitable. Um, I think anyone who thinks that it's not going to happen isn't watching properly. They're not taking notice properly. But I think the biggest problem that we really have is that there aren't enough people are waking up to this or not fast enough. Um, so I believe that's where we come in. You know, we keep doing what we're doing. We keep speaking the truth. We keep bringing all these stories to, the, to light and we keep 
trying to help our brothers and sisters because there's a lot of people on the fence, right? A lot more than 2020, a lot more than 2021. They just need, I don't know what they need, but like these idiots said in their own hit piece, you know, we are on the cusp of all of this falling apart. And honestly, I cannot wait. All right, Kyle. What about what are you seeing? What do you have you got any comments about in New Zealand? You know, is there is there a list being drafted for Nuremberg 2.0? Oh, well, I, I know people are putting paperwork together, but I'm a bit of a cynic. I'm sorry. I'm, I um, I don't think there's going to be an easy um, option into an international court case. I think there's going to be a lot of bloodshed before that. Um, to get there, we've got to get through um, massive, well-paid mercenary companies. United Nations paid off troops. Um, you know, the, they, the evil people don't just give up. They fight to the teeth. We're talking about baby-eating serial killers. They are not going to surrender without a fight. It's going to get much, much worse before we ever get them into a courthouse to the point where civilization, as we know, may come to an end in the process. That's just my opinion. Well, it's definitely Sorry, we do, it's yeah. definitely a point, isn't it, Kevin? Where humanity is at a yeah. crossroads, and um, I mean, I'm always uh, a bit of the optimist. I like to think that enough people are going to wake up. It's going to be a, a you know, eleventh. What is that twelfth monkey effect? Where you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're going to have a, a mass awakening. And if 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 oh, Amy's right, then um, you know, hopefully, maybe Putin and um, that side of things will expose the bio labs and uh, will start implementing some sort of court system. Yeah, and I want to make this clear as well. I actually believe that we haven't even got to the point of mass assassination yet, and I think that's coming, where freedom fighters around the world will have accidents. Um, you know, we, we've already seen it in New Zealand with um, the Chinese dissidents on their way to Wellington to present evidence about the CCP's involvement in our government. They have a, um, an accident, their car crashes, two of them are killed, one of them seriously injured. Um, you know, th this is the kind of thing that they're capable of doing, and they will do it. They do not have any issue with having us killed. So just be aware of that. Yeah, and hopefully all of us, um, because New Zealand's such a small country and we're out in the public eye now and we've had enough exposure that maybe if they did start doing that, then people would start waking up because it would it, it would just seem too so. um, suspicious. But I think, Kelvin, it's probably a good time to expand a little bit more here on Graham Phillips' case as well, a case that we, um, we exposed during the Let's Not Forget tour. Go for it. Okay. All right. I thought you were going to pick that ball up and run with it. No, I had but, another um, ball, but uh, you got, got dribbled out of my hands. <laughs> well, um, you know, we, uh, Marta, Philip, if you don't know already, um, she approached us when we were in Taupo and she shared the story with us that her husband had been imprisoned since December last year. Now, um, Thanks to all of you guys uh, for picking up the story and running with it and it, and it um, being shared across other alternative media platforms here in New Zealand. Uh, finally got picked up by the mainstream media. Of course, the details around his case are under a court order. He is, however, facing seven counts of sabotage. Now, uh, his wife and Graham himself and um, and also his uh, supporters, all they want is that Graham sees uh, his, you know, he gets a bail hearing, which is scheduled for the 16th uh, this 
coming Tuesday in Wellington. If you are planning to go to that, just maybe sit tight before you start booking anything because it may uh, not happen. There are um, This is the third or fourth time that he's coming up for bail now, and it looks like he will actually be denied going to bail uh, at his home because there's questions around whether his wife will or will not let him on the internet. But she doesn't want to jeopardize that, so she, she would not let him on the internet. She doesn't want to jeopardize anything. She will, you know, they all just want their day in court. Uh, but it seems that the judicial system is really severely broken in this country. And there's questions around whether he is being treated more unfairly because of his views around COVID. He was speaking up. He had a Telegram page and um, he had a bit of a sense of humor too, Denise Calvin, wearing, wearing a life jacket around Taupo, telling everybody that he was wearing the life jacket so the other people wouldn't drown. And if you're not familiar with Taupo, it's where our biggest lake is in New Zealand. Actually, you forgot to say, it wasn't just a life jacket, it was snorkel and goggles oh, yes, as well. Right. You've got to give the actual proper image because that's yeah. more funny than just a life jacket. So he was wearing that to save them from drowning. And he did it before JP too. Exactly, the comedian JP, who I quite like it and I like the way he breaks things down. Now, he's been denied, denied bail twice. Uh, it's a sad situation. Um, yes, details. Uh, people go, well, you know, demanding, well, what's he actually charged for? What's the sabotage? Well, that's the part that's suppressed. Here's what hacks me off. Even if they give him bail, they've got him on restrictions. Yet he's not been convicted of any crime. It's just an allegations. Yet they treat you like you have already been convicted from day one. And what they never do when you get found not guilty is ever compensate you for the time they took from you and the spurious allegations are leveled against you, ever. When the state wants you, they get you like that. When you are in the right and the state's in the wrong, they use all the power and force of the state to frustrate to you to no end, to often to bankruptcy, so you never get to win. It's like all those Vietnam veterans that went off thinking that they were working for the right side to fight someone they didn't know on behalf of these wankers who sent them, then they come back completely ruined. Agent Orange, that we actually created here, by the way, in violation of the Geneva, uh, the Chemical Weapons Conventions, Dow Chemicals Plant, New Plymouth. Have a look around there, Broadlands Development, and all the things that are high cancer rate because of those bricks down there. But they come back and they don't get compensated. They fought for justice for ages, and most of them died before they got there. Then they decided, okay, no worries at all. And this is what happens. This is the system we're under. That's the system we want to crush because it suits no purpose except control. There isn't a law that's been passed anywhere in this country that actually enhances any of your rights and freedoms. Everything is restriction. So, Calvin, it must also be mentioned here that nobody has been charged in the way, in the manner that Graham Phillips has been ever, ever in this country. <clears throat> Certainly not under the name from. The, the inception of the 1961 Crimes Act sabotage has never been done. Now, they did try to, they did think that they were going to level it against the plowshares down when they let the dome down in Waihopai Spy Station. For that, for those who don't know, that's our, one of our spy stations that's linked to the Five Eyes Network that actually uh, also, I might add, um, got ministerial clearance at the highest levels to spy on the Trump campaign, and they will be getting their ass handed to them on a plate in the future. I promise you that. Um they were going to try and do them with sabotage, but they couldn't. So they, I think they took it down to willful damage. And I think they got found not guilty anyway. Why? Because they were trying to stop that installation being used to supply intelligence that led to people dying overseas in a war effort. Do you see what I mean? 
everyone has mm. the absolute right to self-defense. I've stressed this from the beginning. And self-defense doesn't just mean wait until someone's about to kill you and try and stop them. It means you can preempt if they are coming after you. That is a fact that has now been normalized throughout the world. Think on it. All right. It's getting late, guys. Let's try and get pushed through to the end. Um, our wonderful team, Zulu, there. Could you please roll the next clip for us? As you say, although we didn't monitor the protest, we were aware that some um, some of the people of concern to us because of their violent extremist beliefs took an active interest in the protest. So we did know that there were some people of concern to us that had a connection with the protest. So all you ex-military, all you ex-police who's talking about crap about this country, come here, find me, and let's protect these people. They are, their lives have been destroyed, and for us to stand by and just watch it happen, we are guilty and we are cowards. You yeah. have done the popular uprising, let's finish this, let's take it back. Um, that was definitely me. Those are my words. And like normal, I don't back down from them at all. I stand by everything I damn will say. These people are murdering bastards. They need to be removed. Now, I called the military and I called the police and I said, come and stand by. Now, some of the people I've done things with overseas and all that, they were there. Problem was, we didn't have enough. When you put up a wall of people determined to protect the ones behind them, families, friends, you won't, you won't penetrate that. But you need it in the numbers. That's what we were calling for. We just had to hold our ground. It's disgusting that the police and military are so, they're too busy with gender, gender studies than actually doing their damn job. That's what I've got to say about that. All right. So what, does anybody else have anything to say about that? Um, you know, I mean, in, in America, it's again very different because they do have the right to bear arms. And of course, um, you know, we've got two Americans on the panel that that was not the Second Amendment wasn't to fight against an enemy, a foreign enemy. It was more uh, set in place so that, you know, they could fight against any corrupt government. Keep wasn't a government it? in check. Amy? What's your question, sweetheart? Well, you know, like, what's the importance of the Second Amendment? Do you want to talk about that? Is that, is that something, I mean, I know that that's one reason why apparently, you know, the Christchurch event happened was because they want to get rid of anyone's guns. Right. The, the, the founders of the American Constitution were realists um, and they knew that governments could turn oppressive and tyrannical and they wanted to make sure that inevitably when governments turned oppressive and tyrannical, the people would have, would have a good chance to defend themselves and not be mowed down. And so they enshrined the, they enshrined the right to bear arms um, uh, as a foremost provision of the Bill of Rights with higher law status. It's the Second Amendment, and it guarantees the First Amendment, which is freedom of speech. Without the Second Amendment, the freedom of speech, the First Amendment would probably would have been toast long ago. So it's, it's very important, and I think it plays a tremendously salutary role in American politics. And armed citizenry has a way, even when they don't even show their weapons, has a way of getting its point across <laughs> to the people who would govern them. Here in New Zealand, you don't have that, um, but that doesn't mean that protests can be ineffective. Um, do we sometimes get, um, do we sometimes use colorful language to express our disagreement and our opposition to tyrannical government measures? Yes, but that doesn't make us violent. 
it's an Orwellian word, uh, world when opposition to government tyranny is deemed violence. When opposition to government state violence is deemed violence. That's ridiculous. That is an indication of the Orwellian world we're in. Um, and I'll just I'll just say there's an anal- um, uh, 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 an illustration of this. You have a man who's beating his dog and beating his dog with a stick. And finally, after after an hour of being beaten, the dog the dog looks up and snarls at the man, and the man looks down and says, oh, "Such a mean dog." Well, that is that Kitteridge bitch um, saying that you know people are prone to violence when they go down to Wellington, basically begging the government not to not to murder them or to injure them with yeah. mandatory vaxes. Um, that woman, that woman is not impressive. No, she's less than impressive. She's the director general of the security intelligence service. And here she is. She's got the files on all these people and intelligence agencies. I'll let you know now people intelligence agencies are set up to control politicians and those governing the country they're not there to set up to protect your country stop it from uh, global globalist takeovers they're designed to enhance it and help them carry it out now Kittred should be up on trial as well yes i'm calling you out sis super secret special agent and who's the minister responsible for the sis usually it's the prime minister do you see where we're going with this people these people are not going to bite the hand that feeds them they're going to bow down and say, yes, ma'am, I'll do whatever you say. The fact that you people are allowed to be wholesale killed and maimed and no one's doing a damn thing about it from the government, it's no wonder, as Amy said, we say things like, you bastards need to be hung because that's an expression of the anger and fury we feel. And we will continue to say things. And but I happen to believe it's true. I happen to believe that everything I've told you It's true. Parasite Palace is in need of fumigation. Every one of those politicians, every one of them, 420, need to be brought up on charges. Facts and evidence presented, and if found guilty, they should be, I reckon you should hang them because they're they're serial killers. When you have sequential deaths caused by uh, one group, it's a serial killer. It's not like they're going out there killing off uh, Papa Jacks or bloody uh, cornflakes. Not that sort of serial killing. Talking about real people, real lives real feelings, and then others who have to bury them. You imagine what gets left behind and what we saw when we went down the country on the Let's Not Forget tour. We felt that. We saw that. So we can understand why um, Carlene has said before that she was traumatized with the stuff that she's experienced and she's heard. This stuff is real. We can prove it. Mainstream media, start coming to our table, and we'll tell you all about it. All right, let's go um, to Kyle now. Kyle, what do you think? Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on you know this this real? This is an attack on on the human population. Um, I don't know if there's any you know other ways to describe it other than a democide or a genocide at this point, and um, the fact that they don't want an armed population because you know obviously they don't want any resistance to it, and they certainly don't want men and women actually coming together, getting past uh, this whole idea of feminism because obviously the women then side with the state. Uh, and they're not siding with their men. Have you got a comment on where we're at with society right now and um, how we move forward together? Yeah, it's definitely um, been very, very well engineered. Eh? They broke down the family unit just as communist doctrine once again um, was you know, would design 
um, the narrative to go in order to um, make people weaker. If you break down the family unit, you break down people's culture, their loyalties, um, they, they become more loyal to the state or at least more afraid of the state and more more willing to do so, taking away people's gun rights, um, you know, taking guns off people. It is definitely all about weakening the people. Um, you know, the reality is people don't need guns in order to resist, but um, people, the um, you know, a mass population with guns is probably more likely to resist because they feel more confident with their guns or whatever. So they want they want to take that confidence away. You know, the police tactics at the moment are all based on fear, um, fear and intimidation. They they actually try to um, antagonise people at protests now. They laugh at protesters. Um, you know, they're they're um, they're, they're doing um, psycholo- psychological warfare on us at every step that they can. You know, it starts with the family unit and it works right down to day to day. Um, interactions with them. They, they target our activists. They um, are trying to break us down. You know, I've still got trials coming up as well. So, you know, it's um, a lot of us do now. You know, I don't, there's not many activists that don't have some kind of trial in the near future. What are your thoughts, Carleen? How do we keep how do we keep families together so that we have strong families and strong communities and a strong society and uh, to create freedom? Get rid of this current government i knew you were going to say that <laughs> and you're right all right that was a short and sweet answer do you want to elaborate on that or should we get uh damien's um, comment no, I, just want to, I just want to share something about the arms and things like that i have two theories number one the reason why they've tried to take all our guns off us is to either one make it easier to destroy us or number two they're worried that when the truth comes out that there's going to be some very, very angry people in this country and the last thing they want is a nation full of people who can bear arms because I think the the psychological side of things that the people in our country, they're going to want payback. So... That's what I think about guns and things like that. But like Kyle said, we don't need that shit to make things right. We need us to all come together, to stick together, and to just carry on with what we're doing with speaking truth. Yeah, awesome. Yep. Um, um, Damien, have you got a quick comment? And then we'll just try and play this final clip, and then we'll come back for our final comments and wrap everything up. Comment about about arms or, you know, like comparison to America. Are you there, Damien? Oh, sorry. I didn't even hear you. Um, you know what I think about um, <laughs> the arms situation in New Zealand is, yeah, the New Zealand government is trying to disarm us. We know that. We know that the Christchurch shooting was a false flag. There's so much evidence that points that the government was ex- absolutely aware of of. Uh, uh, Brenton Tarrant um, and, and actually enabled the process uh, and subsequently covered it all up so they know they need to disarm us because they know that we are going to get our hands on the truth and that when enough of us get our hands on the truth we will actually no longer listen to the government like they want us to uh and that we will have to defend ourselves because there will be people out there who are trying to protect the status quo as much as it's corrupt and a, a dumpster fire, they're still going to want to protect it. Uh, and we have to protect ourselves. I have a son who's reliant on me and I must protect him and I must protect my wife and I must protect myself because at the end of the day, uh, we have to have strong families in order for us to have strong neighborhoods, 
We need to have strong neighborhoods for stronger society, so on and so forth. And that comes with the amount of energy we're willing to give up as individuals for the greater good. Okay, the, I'm going to raise my kid better to not grow up to care about race value. I'm going to be a better husband or I'm a better neighbor, and I'm actually going to listen to all people's concerns, not just a single silo. I, I personally think that where we're going is open and frequent dialogue, and that open and frequent dialogue will inspire trust. And it's that inspiring of trust in each other that allow us to have even more conversations that help us bridge the gap. Right now, we have a lot of middlemen between us and our freedom, and they want to control that conversation, to which we're not going to let them. Um, so, you know, I'm a product of my environment. I'm a pro and that means that everyone I work with or I can contribute with or I listen to, they inherently are a part of me. And we are all a can of whoop ass. That's I identify as a can of whoop ass. We should all <laughs> identify as a can of whoop ass because we just want to get our country back. We just want to be left alone and to get on with our own lives. Motherfucker, I want a holiday. I want a vacation. I want some hobbies. I do not need more government all right good call now if our tech is still around it would be great if we could play that last comment and then we'll come back for last clip, last clip sorry and then we'll come back for final comments and wrap it up thanks to everyone who stayed tuned so let's play that final clip oh the next clips the next clips 13 minutes oh i didn't expect it to be that long Oh, sorry. Yes. Um. Yeah. Just at um at at one hour. Is it going to go to one hour and then to one hour fifteen? Is that thirteen? It's minutes? only an hour and three. The whole bloody oh, time. Oh. Okay. Right. So yeah, I thought it was here. just three minutes. Someone forgot the, the calculator. End. Um. Okay. Just go to one hour and then let's just play three minutes of it. Is if it, we can. So that's the last um, three minutes. All right. Okay. So the, we're not getting the last clip in there. Um, so we're just going to go for a round of final comments. I'm not sure if Damien's um, if Damien's dropped out. Why don't we start with you, Carlene? What's your um, what's your final comment on this documentary? Um, it is the worst attempt at trying to defame us. I think they've done a rubbish job. I think they have done the complete opposite, where they have revealed themselves to be rubbish journalists. Um, I would really like to finish with inviting those people from Te Puna uh, Matatini um, or any journalist. I've only ever been interviewed once by a credible journalist who wrote factual on our case, but to all those other journalists out there from every media outlet throughout this country, please, I am quite a softy at heart and I would very humbly love it if you come and sat with me and spoke with me personally about who I am, who I represent and what I actually fight for. And I truly believe you will be very surprised at what you find. And you're going to walk away feeling like a whole lot of shit for the misinformation and the missing information that you have gone about sharing to our nation in regards to who I am. 
Thank you very much for highlighting who we are and what we stand for. Awesome. Thanks, Colleen. What about you, Kyle? What are your closing comments? Um, yeah, like Colleen, I think that, that that documentary done us more favours than it did them. Um, and, you know, the, the fact is our community or, um, you know, our, our part of the freedom community, uh, you know, I, I suppose I can't really include the, the really big groups, in it, unfortunately, but, the, you know, our part of the freedom community gets tighter when these kind of things happen. Um, it gives us more involved. Um, you know, it does boost our numbers. Um, you know, I, I believe in being quite practical in this um, in this thing. And um, when I see them do this stuff, like I heard you guys um, saying earlier, it really does look like they're desperate. Um, it's, a, it's a victory. This, this documentary is actually what I was thinking must be coming. I thought that building up to the local elections, they'd try and shoot down all our guys that are running as well. Um, you know, but the, they, they will probably do that too before the elections, but that's all I have to say. Thanks. Thanks, guys, for the opportunity. Awesome. Appreciate that. And last but not least, since I think um, Damien's dropped off, Amy Benjamin, what are your final thoughts? And just just before you go, Amy, if if in there I can ask you a question as well in your, in your uh, wrap-up. The Imperial Laws Application Act 19... 19- 88. Does it have any bearing here and can that provide protection? I don't know. Yep. Sorry. Yep, no, that's what I thought. My expertise, my expertise only runs so far and it's mostly in the field of public international law. Sorry about that. That's fine. Um, final thoughts. I think um, the side of light is winning. Um, that's our side, by the way. Um, and I think this hit piece is evidence of that. It reeks of desperation, as others have said. It reeks of panic. It's so, so clearly an overreach that I think anything anyone listening to it with a fair mind can see the the, the psyop tactics and, and attributes at work in it. Um, if they can't, they should listen to it again and ask themselves, is this fair reporting or is this a hit job? And if it's a hit job, why? Why are they keeping me away from these people? What's so dangerous about these people? I shouldn't listen to them. People need to ask those questions. And I think people are smart enough to figure it out. It's a process. They're awakening slowly. And um, the more pain they feel in a collapsing economy, the more they'll awaken. Um, so it's a good day. I would say today was a good day. It was not a an enjoyable day, but it was a good day. If you understand what I mean, with reference to Good Friday, of course, not an enjoyable day. But a good day. Excellent. Thank you, Amy. Callan, what about your what about you? Have you got some final thoughts? Oh, uh, you know, I've always got final thoughts. <clears throat> I want to make it clear. Uh, I support Steve Bannon hundred percent and what he's doing and standing up and calling out and saying that their whole existence has been um taken down brick by brick by brick. When they win the uh, US midterm elections, they are going to control both houses. And then the other side is going to get completely eviscerated in the ensuing carnage. Because for years they have tried to push the same propaganda being pushed here. Only the thing is over there, they have the numbers. The people are awake and they are awake en masse. And that constitution that um, has basically held that country together um, as the last bastion of, of what, Life could be. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I'll tell you what's a damn sight better than we've got here. 
Um, also, with the exception of just a few points, Alex Jones was absolutely right in everything he said. Factual. Indisputable. So I back him. I back Steve Bannon. We're not paid by any of these people, by the way. I'll make that as part of this record. We have we have no personal knowledge of them. We haven't personally spoken to them. So you can forget that. Moz Guo, the uh, Chinese billionaire who's um, part of the new federal state of China who wants to take down the CCP in China and free the people, you know, the ones doing organ harvesting and all that sort of thing that just in this road so far up the rear end of you can only see her shoes. Um, we're not paid by him either. We're not part of the new federal state of China, just to make that clear for all you trolls who think you know something. You don't. Like I said, you only know what I want you to know. Beyond that, it's like sending a kindergarten um, pupil after the professor. You're never going to win. So back off and go and have your wheat bix or something. You know, wheat bix kids are strong kids and all that. Um, find a place that you can actually launch from because you're you're batting above your weight here. Um, yes, I have worked intelligence and the intelligence apparatus in different countries. I remember in the Solomon Islands where I worked there. And the Australia and New Zealand government's agents trying to bribe politicians with money they bring in under diplomatic immunity to bring down the government with votes of no confidence. Yes, that does happen, people. So they can bring the corporations in and rape that country blind, much like we've had here. These are real things and they are happening. And I guess what? Everything I tell you, I can back up 100%. I have the facts and evidence. All you idiots who say, why aren't they arresting Calvin up? They did, remember? I was the one that had to release without charge. Why? Because I know what the hell I'm doing. This isn't a game for me. Because as they said, people die in this game. This is real life. Real lives are at stake. So some of us decided to stand in the breach and protect us as best we could, utilizing the skills we have. That's exactly what I'm doing. And if you think I'm giving it up, think again. I have children, I have grandchildren. And if I don't stand now, then they're in danger. And any bloke who won't stand to protect the children is a coward. And you don't deserve any sympathy when shit hits the fan. And it's going to, whether it be legal or whatever, it's going to hit the fan. You are going to lose. We are going to win. We have already won, like I said. You just don't know it yet. Here's a book to recommend. The COVID says misinformation, but it's got a little sing there, missing information. By uh, Bruce Rapley, PhD, New Zealand scientist. Read it. That'll open a few eyes as well. Look at the New Zealand doctors speaking up with science, NZDOS, NZDSOS.com. Look at the information. New Zealand lawyers speaking out with science. All these New Zealand teachers. All these people were once darlings of their professions, but they got ostracized. Why? Because they dared to stand up and say, wait a minute, none of this makes sense. They didn't go along with the program and they became industry pariahs. Think about why. That's why they're not in the documentary. They don't fit the narrative. They're seen in a trusted position that you would normally see because you, you got raised to um, respect your elders. You never got raised to hold them to account. You got raised to go to school, obey information, have a good memory, and regurgitate the shit that they fed you. Then they pat you on the head, call it a degree, and away you went. You never got taught how to break that information down find out how they got to that conclusion and if you could observe it and repeat it yourself to ascertain that it was correct. Never got told to you. 
Do you see what's happening in this country? Are you happy with what's happening in this country? And if you're not, do something about it. If you're willing to just let things slide and let someone else do it, then get out of our way. We'll do it for you until you can join the battle line. But I promise you one thing. This country is waking. This country is winning. And the people at the end of the day will cross the line first. They did say the New World Order would be naked as it runs to the finish line. Well, she's bloody stark as now. You cannot deny what has been seen with the gender studies, the bloody critical race theory, all this stuff. It's a hell of a mess, but we can clean it up tomorrow with a click of a finger. We just got to unite and get it done. Rant over. All right. Well, I guess that's my cue to have my uh, final little wrap up. I will try and keep it short and sweet. If you want to go and see another perspective on what happened in Wellington, if you're new to this type of information, go and check out mainstream media reporter Melanie Reed. Uh, she did a, rep a report with the uh, ladies from Voices for Freedom. Um, and we are going to be... Um, Writing an open letter to Rebecca Kittredge, um, the Director General there of the SIS, about the bioweapon jab. So if you'd like to be part of that, um, let us know. Maybe we'll put it out and you guys can all write your own letters as well. Uh, also, the other thing is that somebody has kindly offered um, to help support a defamation case so if there's any of you out there who want to start helping with taking the media to task about all the lies that they're spinning um get in touch again info at counterspinmedia.com um i mean you know we know and we've seen over the last two years that the judicial system is corrupt so uh who knows i don't know if you, if you guys have got it in you for another um another judicial or another i don't know we've got to take the media to court i suppose is that going to start that's the next question um and like calvin you know said you know we've all got to get involved in this fight um me personally if you'd asked me last week i was ready to just exit because like damien said you know we we just all need a break like we're at this full time this isn't just tiddlywinks for us uh you know it's been over two years now for me personally and um yeah it's tiring you know it's really really tiring and and it's there's stresses coming from all sides um and hit pieces like this of course don't help but I will tell you what this has certainly has invigorated me personally and I feel like so many people um in the chat have been like yeah like this means we're over the target and like way to go and you know hopefully that's what you all take from it because um I feel pumped up I feel like we have one just by the fact that they released this uh, and hopefully, you know, more and more people will come to the truth because humans are curious creatures and they want to just ask, why can't I see these people? Why were they not interviewed? Why have they been taken apart? So I think it's a great day. Um, I think the quote um, from Benjamin Franklin as well, an American founding father is worth uh, mentioning at this point, those who would give up essential liberty um, to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety so liberty is essential freedom of the individual is vital we cannot give it up for collectivist ideologies which is the marxist um long march through the institutions so calvin you wanted you wanted to yeah we just want to make an apology for all of those who um experienced the crackling of the videos that we were playing uh we had to because we were coming live and we wanted to get this out tonight we had uh problems with that uh, side of things so go and watch the um fury and fire fire and fury uh 
attempted hit piece that backfired on them. Um, watch it there and then come back and watch this and you'll see how it's easily destroyed and taken apart. Yeah, maybe in post-production we can get some better quality um, clips in there. So apologies for that. Thank you all for watching at home. It's been a mammoth, um, epic emergency broadcast. Thank you to all of our panel of guests, yes. um, Amy Benjamin, the former law lecturer at AUT, and just all-round lovely lady. I can't um, wait to see her again in person. Carlene Hediorda, of course, travelling up and down the country, spreading the word um, about what's happening Don't forget to Amy children. in the background, got her back. Yep, and Amy there. Uh, hi. Um, and then, of course, Kyle Chapman, just staying strong in the face of all the hits that keep coming. And, of course, um, Damien Dement was on with us. Uh, again, another guy that's been standing strong, taking the hits. And uh, He has. He has. And I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of you all, actually, because I know what it's like. I've been doing it for like over 20 years. I've been after these Muppets, and uh, we've now got them. We've, we've got them. This here was the uh, basically the final stage. We knew that they were going to take this move. And like Amy said, this is desperation at its finest. They have now no more. They've got no more bullets to fire. That was it. That's a culmination of their best pieces. They rolled out the director general of the SIS and all. And what a lame Muppet that was. And Kate Hanna and some random author. And again... And Jabba um, the Hutt's missus. Yeah. And well <clears throat> done um, to Voices for Freedom as well and Chantal Baker for also making it in there. I reckon what we should do is we should do an all-stars road trip. All the people that oh, feature don't in this documentary. Go uh, Nobody we should travel to her. around the country. Someone mute her mic. And we should have a massive... We should just have a happen. I almost killed you on the last one. With all no, these anyway, all right. That thanks. is when that is when you'll you'll experience extreme violence. Thanks to our tech team. Thanks to you for watching. We're out. Thanks, guys. Remember, we survive on you. Thanks, guys. We need to save people. I tell you what, they're killing them, and this is fact. So let's hope they come after us for that.